Nice work, Beast. Perhaps you are unaware that we don't much like you. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where we cover all things X-Men, but uh, this week we'll be covering X-Men the Animated Series, Season 2, the first three episodes. How are you today, Gary? I'm, you know, I'm not so great, but I'll I'll survive. And my not greatness has nothing to do with the X-Men Animated Series. Are you sure? Because there's some not great (laughs) stuff that happens. (laughs) I'm kind kind of into all of this stuff in this one. I I think that we we can't really say all things X-Men. When it's it's strictly like yeah, omitting I, the number one thing of X Men <laughs> and the third like it's like except for video games and comics, so <laughs> we cover novels, uh, movies, and TV shows, and that's it. Man, can can you imagine if they did like a, a like a Spider Man turn off the dark style thing for the X Men? We'd have to do a Kickstarter to like go to New York and do it, right? I would. Like I mean, we Broadway wouldn't even play? have to wait for a Kickstarter. Like, I would just like, I'd be like, just pay me five dollars a month. I'll buy your ticket. And let's ride. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it on my credit card and we'll go. Go into debt. How amazing would that be? Like, Absolutely. I just I'm picturing oh. like a really flowy Magneto, like with that that like you know oh Pavarotti God. voice, like, like that yeah, kind of thing. Julie happening. Newmar, yeah, just not Julie Newmar, Julie Tamar, like just flying, you know, floating down from the sky. <laughs> X marks the spot where we are loved. Had died. Um, <laughs> Harry Potter is there for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all of America's favorites. That kid just likes um, to be naked in plays. That's all. Like musicals. That's yeah, all his he, thing is. He, yeah, he could play. Uh, you know, I don't know. Probably, probably they probably add like a new character because uh, that's what that's what they do for these things. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. This is we're not a no, This is not a Sclusi. Yeah, we're uh, uh, we're very much firmly in the bad timeline. Like we're in the worst it, timeline right now, absolutely. as is proven like the, by a number of things. The 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 thing like because Spider Man Turn Off the Dark did so shitty, there probably will never be a big budget X Men musical with like the music by U two. It really so is the chalice sucks. dungeons of musicals. This is I the agree. chalice dungeon of life. <laughs> the chalice dungeon of years. <laughs> Um, so we're on to, uh, to season two. Uh, yep. thanks everybody who wrote, we're recording these in a weird order, but thanks everybody who wrote in with their season one recap stuff. We haven't recorded that episode yet. So, uh, you know, if we haven't addressed anything, that's why, um, you know, that's what happens. However, we're, we're on to talk about season two, the X-Men animated series, still firmly in the good seasons of the show, or at least before it gets uh, shipped over to like the weird animators and becomes total garbo. Um, Jeremy, before we get into what happens this season, do you want to give us a quick recap of uh, Season 1, where we're at? Previously on X-Men. Sure. The X-Men, a team of superpowered heroes fighting to save the world from people from the world that despises them, have beaten the Sentinels, Magneto, time-traveling stereotypes, and their own unrequited love for one another. The current team is Jean Grey, Cyclops, Storm, Beast, Rogue, Gambit, Wolverine, Jubilee, and Professor Xavier. Cyclops proposed to Jean Grey at the end of the season, angering Wolverine, who had a major crush on her. Gambit has been doing his best to seduce Rogue, but she holds him off because A, he's super gross, and B, if he touches her, she will kill him. Beast is in prison, Jubilee is still a mall girl, and Storm is super boring. Yeah. I think that, I think that pretty it, much catches some, us up. Some of the worst Storm we're going to get to in this this clutch. Ooh, boy. Uh, so absolutely worst clutch. <laughs> we're going to um, see some bad Storm. <laughs> I think these first two episodes are excellent. Yeah. Uh, I think personally, and the third one is where it gets shitty. Uh, we're starting with uh, XM two hundred one till death do us part, part one. 
original air date October 23rd, 1993. As Jean Grey and Cyclops attempt to tie the knot, Mr. Sinister uses a brainwashed morph, what, to lay traps to destroy the X-Men one by one. Meanwhile, Graydon Creed begins exterminating mutants in an attempt to rid humanity of all homo superiors. Uh, that, that's from the official synopsis. I don't think Graydon Creed exterminates anybody. Nope. does not episode. exterminate anybody. But, also, man, just, how... just real quick, till death do us, comma, part one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I, I can't tell if that's because we pull these from like an official website or whatever, or like the most official website I could find. I can't tell if that was just a typo, like someone just Geocities like Xmen yeah. underscore animated Wikia. Red Phoenix ninety nine fan site <laughs> dot Cyclops man yeah, yeah. <laughs> dot Cyclops man. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the do death do us comma part one. Like you can get the pun without that that comma um even though like the two death to us doesn't you know there's there's danger in marriage but that's that's about it also how fucking hard is it to watch this now that we're living in this terrible hate world and watch Graydon creed's like racist bullshit oh i think i call it out somewhere in the notes here like it's it really feels like <laughs> this it feels like there's a speech that xavier gives which is basically like what everybody on twitter has been saying like we have to keep fighting we have to be strong like in the face of overwhelming badness and i'm like man i'm having a Jesus hard time Christ, xavier yeah <laughs> i'm having a hard time here like why did you vote for a third party xavier fucking gary yeah, johnson Jesus. motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah he this is he your fault don't tell country. me to be strong <laughs> there are third there are third party candidates one of them couldn't name a country leader the other one believes is like a vaccine truther so you fucked up um the congrats uh, congrats you fucking lations yeah congratulations what you've done now creed is president um the uh yeah that shit's weird and hard to watch immediately dating this this podcast as uh as you know a week yeah somewhere between uh, um you know 2017 and 2021 right exactly Uh, so the rest of the podcast look forward to more hard i mean i i'm not trying to to make this show explicitly political but i did every time i saw they were kind of like racist because it's the same like racism is racism right like and that's you know part of the awesomeness of the x-men is why it works so well as a metaphor for that is like you just replace mutants with this shit with like this is like the kind of like white nationalist bullshit that like i keep seeing mm-hmm. on on the news now and it, except it's just for for humans yeah when you see them um, spray painting stuff like go home mutants and then like i'm yeah, looking at my twitter then, feed and seeing swastikas spray painted on people's garage doors like it's it's it makes the cartoon a lot less fun i'll tell you what yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i definitely it appreciate is, it when we get into like the time travel shit in a few episodes yeah because it's, <laughs> it's, of it's just a hu- huge relief when 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 bishop meets his little time imp like it's gonna be like <laughs> oh thank god bishop met the time imp i've <laughs> never i've never wanted gambit to be like kind of like just sexually suggestive yeah. so much in my entire yeah. life <laughs> D- distract a sexual predator, Remy Lebeau. <laughs> oh, Remy Lebeau. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this episode, um, as per usual, we're opening up in the, the danger room here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit different because Wolverine, formal Wolverine, uh, dressed up in his tux, is taking out his frustrations on uh, Cyclops. Um, so he decided not to go to the wedding at the very last minute. Decided to get all sweaty for the wedding. And then uh, is you get the sense he's purposely missing it. Oh, yeah. He cannot do it. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of this is actually kind of artfully cut in this weird, weird way. Like these first two episodes, I think are legitimately really great episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. And this, this kind of cutting back and forth between this is kind of ambitious and cool for a kid's show. Yeah. We're cutting um, between the danger room where Cyclops is, excuse me, where Wolverine is taking out like these robot Cyclops people. And yeah, then how going cool straight is Cyclops back to, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Wolverine like staying up all night and doing the coding to create that? <laughs> Like his custom program. Like. I kind of feel like this is Xavier's work. Like this, this screams Xavier to me. Of like, I'm going to surprise the fuck out of Wolverine today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. But we're flipping between the Danger Room and Sentinel Cyclops, and back to the wedding of Jean Grey and uh, Cyclops Scott Summers, where um, everybody is dressed in horrible bridesmaids outfits. Which thank you, oh, yeah. Jean Grey. Um, <laughs> and Cyclops kind of gets, uh, well, actually let's, let's first talk about Gambit's activities at the wedding. Cause we can't go five minutes in this podcast without talking about how horrible Gambit <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, Ga- Gambit looks like he's from the November rain video. Oh. Like he's dressed up. Like he looks like he's in the reception from the November rain video. Let's, um, like let's go Gambit. on a tangent and let's discuss the teenage dirtbags episode on the November rain video, <laughs> because I have, I have thoughts and I've prepared a statement, <laughs> but you're right. He absolutely uh, does. He looks like he's about ready to like knock over a cake and do some, do some cocaine with a model in the, uh, in the, in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the model is just like, you know, uh, uh, what's her, what's her, God damn it. Uh, so it would have been a good joke if I would have it, had an instant, uh, domino. Had an instant there cameo you go. poll. <laughs> Mystique, they just, yeah. I Mystique is there yeah. dressed up as, as pretending to be rogue for some reason. Yeah, pretending to be a wedding cake. And just kind of scooting around. <laughs> like Mystique she's got the, the Dark Souls uh, <laughs> disguise spell on. Absolutely. Um, we do see somebody turn into a trash can in this episode. So that's the God. precedent is in there. <laughs> it's Table Boy. <laughs> Table Boy is useful all over. Like, I'm glad Table Boy gets around in here. Um but yeah, so, so Gambit uh, uh, approaches Jean and was like, you know where I'm from, we always kiss the brides. And like Jean is like, just kiss me on the cheek and go away. And then he tries to make the same approach <laughs> yeah, to Rogue. Like, real quick before that, I love uh, – like that, that is exactly what it is. Like just like let's get this fucking over with. Like uh, Jean Grey in that, that moment is really great. And then, yeah, and then uh, Rogue, which is – he was dressed like not very modestly given that her skin kills um, – you know, is not putting up with it either. No. Where I come from, we always kiss the bride. We always kiss the bridesmaids, too. This ain't Cajun country, hun. Zip those lips. Specifically says, like, well, we're not down to buy you. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly. (laughs) Sure, let's go. (laughs) When has that ever worked for you before, Rogue? Yeah, seriously. Um, And then we have this great moment where, uh, like, Cyclops goes up to the the preacher or the priest that, you know, has apparently joined them in marriage and is like, hey, you know, are you coming to the reception? And he's like, oh, no, I have... I have miles to go before I sleep and many promises it's to beast keep. in disguise. <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, is this beast? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, um, but he's, he's, he's real sinister and it's showing some things up. Like, the, you know, there's a little bit of restraint going on. Um, when uh, Wolverine stabs Cyclops at this point, you know, when you know it's not real, turns into a robot, another Cyclops shows up, Mega, Mega Sentinel Cyclops. Um, Wolverine is, is just getting destroyed. Like, he's just getting you know more and more robots are coming until it knocks them unconscious mm-hmm. and uh you know we don't uh don't go into that uh when the uh, uh the priest at this point after he does his little you know robert, robert frost, frost thing, recital <laughs> he kind of turns around and turns into like uh toby mcguire from spider-man 3 morph <laughs> he turns into like ultimate eyeshadow robert smith morph um also a character from the november rain video yeah <laughs> And it's like, oh shit, Morph's back, and he's. We know something's wrong because he's got this, uh, this terrible, terrible, like, 
uh, boy, like Bubsy laugh that he does. He's like, <laughs> and also his his screen is green, like that he has like some sort of pulmonary disease, like like something is wrong with what if, like his kidney or something, like right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said his screen was green, but I think you meant his skin. I, mean, I said, yeah, definitely. I definitely said dude. skin. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> the um, yeah. So so we move. Uh, that's more. We move again. Another cut uh, to Robert Kelly being sworn in as president. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is actually, you know, he's one. And if we remember, we saved, you know, not we, the X-Men saved his life at the end of the last season. Yep. Uh, so this is uh, not the death knell that it could be. And then as he's being sworn in, the screen pans out as this, which is kind of, and I've noticed that this, this series really likes to pan out of a scene and show the scene on it being played on a TV while somebody else is oh, yeah. watching. Like that happens way more often than I, than I would have ever expected. Um, it's like but, a Mr. Show. Exactly. Like it's like yeah. the transitions from there. Yeah. And we see some dude like putting on like a weird mask. Like that's just like a generic, like, I, I don't even know what to just like. It's just like a typical Halloween mask. It's a, yeah. It's Halloween mask. He looks mm-hmm. like, he looks like a monster. Um, so he's, he's going to, you know, his, his intentions are clear. He's going to fuck up the, the coronation <laughs> coronation. Is that what we call it when we get a new president? Uh, uh, no. Swearing Coronation is when we get a new king or queen. Okay. I know that yeah. because I have been watching, uh, the crown on Netflix for oh, the last two how, weeks. So. How's that crown? Crown's good? pretty good, man. I don't know. All right. Welcome to crown cast. Um, um so yeah, then yeah. we go back to the wedding. Jean Grey is throwing her, uh, bouquet and there's. This moment where she throws it, and I, I've not been to a lot of weddings, right? Like, I think I've been to maybe two, including mm-hmm. my own. Usually that's, the bride... That's, that's very low, man. Yeah, it's very low. Um, yeah. Usually the bride throws it at the bridesmaids. Like, but yeah, Jean th- th- Grey decides this... <laughs> just to throw it <laughs> to the left. In the middle, yeah. And it's just in the middle of nowhere, too, because it, it's supposed to be kind of like there's some ceremony to this. Sure. Uh, Jean Grey is just like, get this thing away from me. Uh, and just tosses it kind of because Beast doesn't know what's happening. Like nobody knows it's happening. This is the kind of thing everyone gathers up for. Um, yeah, I'd like to, you know, let, let's yeah. let's take a moment and really analyze Jean Grey's behavior. Like she's trying to she <laughs> she puts up with Gambit like and tries just to like get him off of her real quick. She's throwing mm-hmm. this bouquet like not caring what it goes. Do you think she's just like just really down, like she's ready? Like the the you know they're married, everything's allowed, the parents are going to be okay, and she's ready to get to that like honeymoon bed. Like is that what's happening here? Um, you, like, you think that you think she's got like a fucking flooded basement for Cyclops. Like this is just like a wide <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have never days. used the words flooded basement, but yes, I do think she has a <laughs> flooded basement for Cyclops. <laughs> um, it's possible that she just wants to get, get to it. Um, and so, I mean, you, you have been, you have been married. I've been married. Like the day is just very exhausting and you know, it's hard to concentrate on anything, right? Like it just kind of goes by really quick and you're just like, uh, you know, it just goes by in a whirlwind. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to be horny on your wedding day. Like it's not like you spend the whole time, like you spend the whole time worrying stuff's going, something's going to go wrong, kind of managing it, you know? So I don't, I don't think so. I think she might be distracted because of that or second morph or second uh, morph <laughs> or mystique. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, playing the yeah. long con Mor- morph stick. <laughs> yeah. She is acting real weird and I'll, I'll uh, chalk it up to just her wedding day. Cause Cyclops is not a, at his best either. Like they're both a little bit, yeah. a little bit off. Um, Beast of course catches it. Um, and does his little Kelsey grammar, like, hmm, well, hmm, uh, thing. I can't remember exactly what he says. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's some, it's some like pretty common, like poetry thing. And he does this throughout the next few episodes. And it's just, mm. I think I've called him insufferable before. And I'm probably going to call him insufferable again, Gary. Like I just, this it, dude, it, God, he just gets me. He's not going to get sufferable. Like he's going to get his own <laughs> highlight episode in this, uh, this season. And it's not like, he's not going to be great during that. I'm sure. Um, 
so at this point we move on and, and we also find out that he's like, how are you doing? Someone just like walks up and is like, how's it going beast? And he's like, oh, the president has pardoned me and here's some exposition. So we, we find out that Kelly uh, got let him out of jail. That line read too. Like, so beast, what news do you have from our new president? The uh, rosiest imaginable. As Senator, he arranged my bail. As president, he cleared my name. Like, oh, yeah. really? <laughs> like, it talks it's like this. Day. It's a busy day for him. Um, so then we switch to that press conference slash uh, coronation slash swearing in. And uh, that that mask, guy in the mask attacks. Um, and then the, we were introduced to the Friends of Humanity, um, who kind of says, like, hey, it's, it's a mutant, mutant lover. Um, you know, who are here, who's attacking, uh, the guy with the, the button, the, the friends of humanity button is a uh, Graydon Creed, um, who was a huge, huge X-Men villain in the early nineties. Um, he's Sabretooth's dad, which comes up in the cartoon. I'm pretty sure. I think he's um, Sabretooth's son in the cartoon. I don't know how, I don't remember. I don't remember from the oh, comics. Oh, no, you're right. Is, you know what? You're right. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that you're correct. It, it is that in this one, but it is uh, he's Sabretooth's son. Um, huge, huge nineties villain. This is straight out of the comics. Uh, for him and he's going to be you know the government threat now the government is okay with mutants it's no longer sentinels it's it's the man on the street being racist dickheads yeah great <laughs> as if <laughs> as if as if my life wasn't like filled with this enough here we are <laughs> totally <laughs> we swing back um, to the danger room uh where Jean has taken a break from her wedding festivities which <laughs> man i gotta tell you if at any point autumn had walked away and went to talk to her like not even ex but like her unrequited love <laughs> yeah, during the, the, our wedding the guy she definitely wants to have sex with yeah yeah like 100%. the guy that she's telling me not to worry about <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty you know it's pretty suspect even though like to be fair there is a big wolverine shaped hole and everything like everyone's probably asking like hey where's wolverine you know uh so she goes she's like hey you know what the fuck and he, oh, sorry, Gene, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I lost track of time, which is, you know, bullshit and stuff. I lost and, track of uh, time murdering avatars of your husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, but, uh, but I'm going to be cool about this. I promise for the next forever. I'm going to be cool about it. Oh yeah. Did I mention I live forever? Yeah. This, this is nothing for me. Um, the, uh, so she's very sad, but she doesn't put up with it. Like, which is great. She's just kind of like, well, you know, good luck. Get better. This is on you. Um, and, and she takes off. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we go back to, uh, we cut back to Morph who is in his hotel room. Like, cause he has a sleazy hotel room because he's it's, a, it's the same place where Tom Hanks lived when he moved to New York and big. Okay. Sure. Um, the, the, <laughs> is that, that, that first, it's, it's that first room that he lived in before he got his, uh, his arcade loft. Except probably rent controlled. Right. Cause this is, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is North, um, assumedly. Uh, Morph is kind of going crazy and like how talking about how much he wants to hate the X-Men and also like loves the X-Men at the same time. Like you get the sense that he's going back and forth on this. Uh, and then he starts turning into the X-Men as he starts naming the X-Men, which I don't know shapeshifter etiquette, but that seems like a really weird thing to do. (laughs) It makes me think that like Morph would be really annoying at parties because like the second that doesn't get a laugh where he's not just like, Hey, how about, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and then turns into Jimmy Kimmel. And like that doesn't get the reaction he wants. You know he's going to be needy as fuck. Yeah, like that. that that's mm-hmm. essentially his only joke. And we know we we find <laughs> out that this is like one hundred percent Wolverine's jam. Like in the third <laughs> yeah. episode, like it is like or in the, the, the second episode of this, it's like oh this is this is this is the kind of content that Wolverine 
crazy. Yeah, Wolverine is he definitely like, like subscribing to his to Morse podcast. Yeah. yeah, his 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 video vlog where he turns into the people he's talking about. Uh, Wolverine loves it. What if I was George W. Bush, but <laughs> dance like Dolly Parton, like that kind of bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> um, so. We switch again to the streets. This is all over the place. We switch to the streets, um, and the Friends of Humanity are, you know, getting harassed. Like, they're, you know, there's nobody with a safety pin around. They're getting fucked with. Um, and there's this one specifically, or the Friends of Humanity are doing harassing yeah. against this one specific mutant who's like, I don't have any powers. I just look fucking weird. Which, um, um, leave me alone. Which, just real quick, props to you for not being a Morlock. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> high five, bro. Like, put it out there. Just like, I don't have powers. I just have a weird looking face. But I'm still a guy. Like, I'm still a dude. I still need to go to the store. I don't want to live yeah, in the dirty ass sewers. <laughs> it makes me just think that, like, that guy, like, there, you could just have, like, a weird face. There was a guy in my hometown who had, like, these crazy kind of deformities. Mm-hmm. He was kind of infamous in my hometown. He used to walk around. Um, ended up working at the telemarketing place my friends ended up working at and stuff. And he was, like, super fine guy, everything like that. But it was just, like, you know, just a really deformed dude. And, and his like, mom was Cher and his stepdad was... Um, yeah, <laughs> same, same yeah exactly. <laughs> it was actually deal. kind of the opposite of that. Like, he was, it was more, like, uh, wider than longer... Uh, his face in a, in a weird kind of way, but the um, like he, you know, he doesn't have to be a Morlock. He's just a guy with deformities. Like this guy could just be a guy with deformities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then but this gets, is where we see the Morlocks, and, and then uh, yeah. we see some Morlocks. Do you know? I guess one of these is Table Boy, but I don't recognize. Um, Table Boy quickly turns into a trash can while the Friends of Humanity <laughs> runs away. I can which, help. Put your garbage in me. I, I guess that is um, technically a table, Table Boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can't put stuff on top of a garbage can. Put, put your filth in me. I'll jerk off to it later. Ooh, um, Table the, Boy. Uh, <laughs> Dial it down. <laughs> I think I'm a Table Man now. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make you a Table Man, Table Boy. Table, table uh, Man urges. Yeah. Um, I'm just picturing that the, conversation happening between him and gambit just so you know <laughs> those guys would hang out like all day like yep just you can turn to anybody <laughs> just, like, a couple let me show in, you a picture like, yeah <laughs> just the grossest fucking conversation like and you know then and then the rest of the x-men just walk in on gambit going to town on himself yep, yep. you know which just, is the uh third time that we've talked about <laughs> Damn, it's masturbation habits on this podcast. So. It'd be masturbation if he, I mean, if he's fucking table man. And I, I still think that like, it's a form. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. It's, unless it's, table, but, unless table boy, unless table man is actually in the shape of table man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it masturbation. Yeah, I'll take that. The um, the the other Mor- Morlock who's here with the weird colors, I think she's called Beautiful Dreamer. Okay, I think is the name of that character, and here she's kind of like just a camouflage character, but I think she has different powers in the comics. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so the the Morlocks are are in trouble here mm-hmm. again, showing the state of the world. Tensions are high. We go um, back to the, the mansion where uh, Xavier, Storm, and Jubilee are like watching all of this unfold on the news, and like there's a there's you know the typical newscaster of like we don't know what happened to cause all of these riots and things like that, and. Uh, we mentioned it at the top of the podcast, but Xavier literally gives a speech that I could cut in here. You would think it was ta- about Donald Trump being elected. <laughs> like yeah. 100%. I don't understand, Professor. Why has it gotten worse? When we saved President Kelly's life last year, he learned that not all mutants were evil. Now his followers feel betrayed. So often in our history, unhappy, misguided people have created scapegoats. Blaming those that are different for the problems in their own lives. Like, it captured exactly what people were saying over the last uh, couple of weeks of U.S. politics. So, that's it, fun. In, in no way did we think this was going to be the case when we started doing the show, that we'd be drawing these parallels. But here they are. 
Uh, and no um, way did I, you know what? Let's not even go there. So Xavier gets a call on his um, private video line. And Gary, I don't know about you. When someone <laughs> says the word pro- for its private video line, do you just think that like Xavier is a cam girl? Like, do you think that's what yeah, that is? <laughs> well, or at the very least he's getting like a video call of Lilandra flicking bean, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. It, but private be... video line definitely means like sexy business and bad stuff, right? Like that's I, all I that could possibly so. mean. I would think so. Like uh, he, he's a cam man. <laughs> but this, this is a uh, you know it, it's it's Magneto terrible violence you know talking about like calling it's a distress signal it gives uh, Xavier very specific coordinates to go save him. the The show doesn't quite when I my first instinct watching this was like send the fucking X Men you know like but he you could get this kind of what they're trying to play up I think is this conflict where Xavier still kind of wants to have it both ways like he believes uh, Magneto can be redeemed. If he sent the X-Men, they're just going to fight, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But if, uh, you know, maybe it's possible that if he goes, he can still talk Eric down, which, like, that's an essential quality of the goodness of Xavier is that he believes in this goodness in in Eric, you know, against all evidence. It also shows you that Xavier is not very confident in his teaching skills, that that he would just think that the X-Men would immediately fight as opposed to, like, maybe have a conversation with Magneto. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are you you teaching these guys to do, Xavier? To be fair, they're they're batting zero on that front. Um, (laughs) True. Yeah. So and and at this point, uh, kind of off camera, or maybe maybe they showed. I can't remember. But uh, Scott and Jean went on honeymoon, so they're out. Yeah, we haven't we they, we haven't seen them yet. They'll they'll come yeah. back in at some point. But uh, as yeah. of right now, Jean just exited with a line like we've got we've got a plane to catch and then leaves. Yeah. Um. So so Xavier puts Storm in charge. Yep. As she goes to meet, him. She's like Storm, your leader of the X Men. Nice little nod mm-hmm. to the uh, like decade she was the leader of the X Men in the comics. Um, Magneto, by then, the way, if we didn't mention it, was very specifically morph, pretending to be Magneto with like a yes. weird like uh, green screen made of fire behind him. I don't, I'm not even yeah. gonna get into that technology, but I'm assuming <laughs> that was robbed from aliens. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just so imagining morph like making that with construction paper and like t- you know <laughs> c- uh, cellophane and stuff in his hotel room. It's definitely like it's, it's definitely like those strips of construction paper with like a fan yeah. t- pointed up just so they can <laughs> yeah. wave behind him. <laughs> made it fire <laughs> oh yeah that's good um so we we jump back and again we, we do a lot of jumps in in these next two episodes like things are kind of all over the place like the, the season opens in a great way like I, I like all of this stuff and it works kind of yeah. as you watch it too like it's interesting to watch um so we jumped to a some local bar where beast and gambit and wolverine are all hanging out playing pool because that's what the x-men do um yeah this is this is you know, all the people who didn't get married this sure. Is, this is the lonely <laughs> Everybody's boys. drowning in their sorrows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, and then this lady recognizes uh Beast and immediately is just like way into Beast. Like really wants to bone down uh with Beast in a way that reminds me a lot of Irma from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, you know, just like, oh, you know the president? Huh? You know, like this weird, like just like no no recognition of the fact that uh you're talking to to a giant somebody, blue you know, furry monster. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a like a big a big beast. You know, yeah. uh, just immediately goes for him and and Gambit consummate wingman uh, that he is. Like he doesn't care who's having sex as long as it's somebody. Like it doesn't have to be him. It's just like you know she like you even more now. He good friends with the president. You see, like and he's just like pushing her, like pushing him. And, and Beast doesn't want this. Like it's 
unfortunate. Yeah. The whole thing's unfortunate. Beast was put off by that, that joysy accent that this chick rolled up. Do yeah. you know what a... I can't even do a Jersey accent. I don't yes. know. Why. I can't do accents, period. <laughs> I don't know why I'm fucking trying. But he's obviously put off by it completely. But, like, you know, I think Wolverine over there, like, play pool, Gumbo. Because that's his yeah, nickname. It's, it's like, yeah. Campbell now. I love that. Shut up and play pool. Like, I need this to forget my misery. And then in, in a great moment of... And again, I've just been following, I've been watching like a lot of X-Men cartoons lately and just noticing some patterns of like the X-Men and their enemies never just go through a door to do anything. Like literally the wall of this pool hall explodes, <laughs> like, just boom. And there's like yeah. a bunch of like friends of humanity, like dudes out there. And there's this scene where like Gambit and uh, Beast go to each side of the hole in the wall and Gambit like, excuse me, Beast picks up a pool pool ball with his foot tosses it up to his hand and then tosses it over to Gambit and I'm like you fucking insufferable asshole just like you don't need you, either you could have just tossed it with your foot and I know you could have no you had to like delay and catch it with your hand like are you some kind of fucking juggler and I know you what? are like I know that you're a juggler <laughs> and I know that's what you're referencing what right is now is a juggler um I, I think that what this is I that I mean he's being insufferable the rest of the scene the way it plays out though is I think that uh, what they, they're going for and whether it does it or not is that uh, these are, you know, like I said, these are lonely boys. They are uh, blown off steam and they don't realize exactly what kind of threat this is, you know? So this whole thing, they're kind of not taking it super seriously. Like when, you know, beast takes the gun and puts it on, you know, grabs one of their blasters and goes up to the side of the building. He's just kind of hanging out, you know, <laughs> he doesn't really understand. Like they don't understand the, the consequences of this except for Wolverine. Who's fucking furious. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's <laughs> just like, like oh, sardines. Can't. Like he's gonna, like, if they didn't stop him, he was going to eat one of the friends of humanity. Like, He's he, exactly he has issues, he's waiting man. all day. He, he's got yeah. some. He's got. He's he's backed up. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> he's just one hundred percent. But this was all Creed's plan was to make the mutants of the like, you know, make them defend themselves and then show them being shitty. Yeah, you Creed know, like has a show has them... a cameraman filming all of this and making it yeah. making it really seem like the X Men have attacked these like innocent humans that are all wearing like the same, the same fucking shirt, uniform. Stupid beret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're trying to leave a uh, beast picks up their car so they can't leave again. Just kind of have, it seems like they're kind of having fun. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then, uh, the sirens come and, and beast is like, the crime scene is no place for a recent recipient of a presidential pardon. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> and then here. Wolverine like, yeah, I probably have a parking ticket. I got to get the fuck out of here too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, lo I love that. So again, they're having fun. They don't really understand the character assassination that's being done yeah. uh, on them. The rest of the team though does, uh, gets to see, you know, um, yeah, the rest of the team the, the, is watching this unfold again on, on the news. Um, yeah. Storm goes to try to talk to Xavier, but Xavier has left this message, like basically saying, I, I got to go on a personal mission, which like, again, like if you're going to see Magneto, maybe you should tell somebody you're going to see Magneto. <laughs> Just, totally. What if Magneto's going to trap you and they have to rescue you? And 99.9% you know? like like that, of the time, like Magneto is probably trying to trap you. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's going to I mean, happen. I think they, they have an uneasy piece at the end of the last season. They teamed up to fight the Sentinels, you know, sure. like at this point. Mm -hmm. I, I can I can buy it. What I can't buy, and this is something I don't think I told you to cut this uh, for the actual audio thing, but please do, is Morph sneaking into the mansion here and doing the fucking Rob Schneider joke. <laughs> how how hard did your jaw hit the floor when this happened? Oh my like God. I totally <laughs> forgot about this. And he does it he his like evil mutant voice. And goes, <laughs> Making copies. <laughs> 
making copies. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck am I watching? And I looked this up because this is the kind of thing that gets me. Like, I looked this up, and the air date on this, I believe, was like October of 93. Yeah. And uh, I looked up the original SNL clip, and that came out in like January of 91. So this is the guy. Like, you you know this guy from high school that wouldn't let the Ace Ventura quotes go until like Ace yeah, Ventura totally. 4 came out? Yeah, like, baby. Yeah. That's, that's Morph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just keeping it up. It, it's amazing. Like, and he's, he definitely does it in the camera. It's definitely a weird little bit of fourth wall breaking. It's, it's, like, it's really talking weird. To. It's I, like, and you could tell they were really proud of this, like, making copies joke. And I'm like, that's not even your network, dog. You're on Fox. <laughs> in, the, in the last episode, Psychops did that not joke as well, which, like, yeah, always is just sending, not, like, yeah, yeah the, the humor in, in, in the in this thing is just, uh, it's just out, out of control. Su- super, super amazing. Um, but, like, you know, the way that the, the golden lining, the silver lining, like everything in the show, where, like, the the way he actually, because uh, the first season I was pretty critical of sending more from that team mission. Like, what the fuck is this guy even doing in the X-Men? Mm-hmm. He dismantles this team, like, pretty great. This is you know, all like, really good. This, yeah, this, this is, is awesome. fantastic. Like, and this is yeah, all this, improv. Like, he had no yeah. idea what he was walking into. Like He just, so- like, what you can do if you know people and are, like willing to fuck with him yeah. you know he's he's weaponizing his his friendship you know which is thematically sound and important in this so like, let, let's let's walk people through what he does he, he walks into the mansion he watches wolverine leave in a, in a hiffy because that's what wolverine does so he assumes yeah. the form of wolverine he impersonates rob schneider as wolverine which if wolverine had seen would probably crack him the fuck up yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> He was just doing that for Wolfie to watch on the security camera later and him just to laugh for like a day. <laughs> like, yeah, no, he snuck in, but uh, he said the making copies thing. Uh, so he walks in and he, he runs into Rogue, who says that she's going to go take a nap in the, quote, rec room, which, yeah. as we've seen before, is like the room where they watch their news, the room where they play their video games, and the room where and they... And the room where they wreck it. Cuff up, and with, also in Cuff Up Sabretooth. Like, let's not forget. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a busy room, room really. to take a nap in. Yeah. Um, then we see rogue walking into, um, a, again, a, 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 some sort of room where they watch the news in where Jubilee and, uh, Gambit is rogue kicks Jubilee out. Yeah. Pissing Jubilee off. Specifically like giving Gambit like a horny grin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is a really horny episode. This is (laughs) super horny. Cause like, she's just like, he's just like, she's just giving Gambit those like, fuck me eyes. And Gambit's like, you listen to rogue, but like, like, like (laughs) Gambit gets like as serious as he's ever been in his life. I think we've compared him to Ken Marino and what hot American summer is like the guy who talks about getting laid all the time. Yes. But like Mm -hmm. never has actually had sex. Mm -hmm. And And, is terrified of it. Probably this is, this is the, like the Ken Marino, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, scene where he's just like, no, this is serious. Like it's going to happen. It's going to turn my entire life from a lie to a truth. <laughs> it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. Yeah. So he kicks Jubilee out. Jubilee gets mad and like blows up part of the X-Mansion because why not? <laughs> Cause, cause, yeah, Jubilee is, that's Jubilee. Um, Rogue tells Gambit that she's going to be in the rec room. And well, uh, before that, she says then, like, what if I was lying about yeah. being able to control my powers? <laughs> and like, no follow up question. Gambit no. like just instantly just like, seems legit. <laughs> I'll and buy just, it. And, and, and Gambit has seen her powers at work. <laughs> like he, when, he knows. Well, like, she's, she, she's saying not that she doesn't have the powers, but she, she can control them. I, I just like, so why like, would she you can ask, turn like, why off. have you been lying about this? Well, yeah, totally. Like what a fucked up thing to lie about like yeah. your entire life. Like, Oh, all those people I put in a coma. It was on purpose. You know, <laughs> what's <laughs> what the dude, what's her little dude like? from the, uh, <laughs> what's the dude from, from her high school or whatever, Aaron or yeah, Paul Cody. Or- Cody. Yeah, yeah, poor Co- fucking Cody. Cody almost Apparently died. She did that yeah. on purpose. 
Yeah, because just because she's evil. However, you might be able to get your dick wet. So come Why on, not? let's party. Like, yeah, yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, so, so Rogue yeah. walks out, uh, and then instantly we, we of course it's it's Morph. Um, yeah, and he like makes some jokes and like crackles along at himself. Uh, turns into Storm. Goes and finds Jubilee and tells Jubilee, like, hey, I want you to go to, on a mission on your own to save this mutant in yeah. trouble. Which also needs some follow-up questions because Jubilee, like, has never been allowed to do this. And I know, like, but, as a teenager, but, like, this is your parents letting you stay at home by yourself and then when they go on vacation. Well, and I get it. That's that's but, the point. Because he, uh, he overheard, like, because, I mean, uh, Jubilee was whining about, like, not getting trusted or whatever to go to go do stuff. So, like, she, he's preying on Jubilee, saying, like, hey, this is your first big girl mission. You know, this this is part of him like weaponizing his his knowledge of the team. You know, like he knows that she would go along with this and ask questions because she's been wanting to get you know get trusted this whole time. It's still pretty fucked up, but like I'll buy it. Sure. Um, yeah. And there's a super dark line where he's like, "This is what you get for thinking you can replace me." <laughs> and like, why did why do why are you threatened by like a like? I don't remember what we decided her age was in this cartoon, but like in the in the comics, she's like thirteen and a half, right? Like we, we came half, yeah. we came to that conclusion. So yeah, why are you threatened by a thirteen and a half year old like Maw Girl? Yeah. Um, so we we then cut to Gambit walking in on Rogue, <laughs> where he yeah. decides like, well, she came on to me earlier. Now she's sleeping. I guess I can make out with her. Like and oh try. Yeah, like. And this is going to like clash later because he very specifically later says that Gambit doesn't go where Gambit's no invited. Right. Which like that's <laughs> so that is so false. Noted sexual predator right there. <laughs> yeah, you have you have proven that wrong. Um, the, um, but like this, like because implied consent is a thing, right? Like you can you know you're you're with somebody for a long time, you're sleeping, you can kind of roll over and grab their boob and see if they're into it. You know, like that's okay. You've been with them for a long time. Like mm-hmm. that's a thing. You know, you're like, you're married. You don't have to, like, sit down and have a deposition every time you want to, like, you know, kiss their neck. Maybe right? you like, don't. <laughs> yeah. But, like, th- th- this is literally going to be their second physical contact ever, you know. And he's just going to move immediately to, like, like I'm going to touch your boob while you're sleeping. Yeah. Come um, on, dude. So the, the very obvious thing happens. Like, Rogue's power yeah. activates. He gets knocked unconscious. She touches the couch, and then like the arm of the couch explodes, which yeah. is just funny. She, to me. she doesn't know how to control it because no. you know she she that's usually what happens there. Um, Jubilee shows up at the Veterans Club. Oh shit! Just the, you putting that in quotes though reminded me that mutant from earlier mm-hmm. who is being menaced by the Friends of Humanity is in front of a gigantic big box looking store that just says burgers. <laughs> <laughs> like it's got it's got like like doors like automatic doors it's just a big gray huge monolithic building that just says burgers there's, no some, windows, there's some good no signage. signage in these two episodes there, there's a there's a, and then in the next episode and we'll get to it like the the friends of humanity are having like a thing at like the film art burgers veterans club that's uh, um, supposed to be like a vfw but they don't want to you know they, yeah they, they don't, don't want to show that, they don't yeah. get too real um yeah so the real rogue meets up with Storm carrying Gambit and like complaining that like he's like I tried to warn him like you can't blame me on this like he tried to kiss yeah. me when I was asleep. Storm is like calling Gambit a fool and like I just love yeah. all of this. Everyone's just bad mouthing Gambit while he's knocked out. It doesn't no pass the Bechdel test, but I still love like, it a lot. Like, even if it, it doesn't even have to do with their powers, like the damn fool kept trying to kiss me after I told him no multiple times. Um, <laughs> it's already pretty gross. And then this uh, you know this mutant incident shows up on the news they try to get jubilee but they can't 
And it's like, well, fuck. Uh, Storm contacts Beast, says like, hey, um, meet me at this, this site. We're going to get Jubilee. Uh, Beast says yes, but that turns out to be Morph because Morph put the real Beast in the danger room and cranked it up too high. <laughs> danger room has danger settings. Yeah, the danger the danger room is basically has the same uh, controls as my oven. Like yeah. it's bake, broil, temperature gauge, <laughs> yeah. high, low. And, yep. Uh, so, so like this is very very good. Um, and and this, this whole scene, beast. by the way, I, I don't I don't like this at all. Like beast are just flipping around the danger room. The danger room, hmm, like a turret trapped. pops out and like shoots a missile at beast, and it doesn't explode. It doesn't come with knives. It looks like a I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a I don't even know how to describe. It. It's like a weird like fishing lure like it's like a uh yeah yeah it's just something weird i don't know what it is or what it's supposed to be but this whole scene i thought was dumb so it's 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 pretty bad um it's it's no good um so but this is this is kind of all you know so then they show up um the uh the friends humanity march on this mutant counseling center again great signage yeah um, start throwing (laughs) grenades uh storm rogue show up um rogue is like i can't control myself you know, yeah, Rogue like, does her normal this. thing where she like tries to pick up a big tall bat thing. In this case, it was a yeah. light pole, and then doesn't realize she's going to like gambit it and <laughs> drop it and make it explode. Which, like to me, like you have gloves. Gambit's powers don't work through gloves. Like, but anyway, um, but anyway, so so at this point, she tries to leave. Storm is like, no, Beast will be here. It's fine, but Beast won't be here. Uh, you know, Storm tries to fight them by summoning the Arctic cold to cool their ardor. Fucking Storm. Um, <laughs> and and uh Morph who showed up here to, to knock down the final domino uh tricks them into shooting uh or uh shows up with the cops and trips the tricks the the cops into shooting storm mm-hmm. uh at full energy. Um so it it also just has a high setting on their their guns. Yep. And 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 the cops for their, you know, for their credit try to resist but they get ordered to do it anyway. Yep. Uh, Storm gets blasted and like single-handedly morph like the shittiest and weakest of the X-Men just took out all of them. I mean, just like this is perfect. Like I, yeah. morph just like this. Like, you made it. You made the, you made the same, the comment earlier, just dismantled this team. And just like, I love all of this. Like this is like yeah. Supreme supervillain shit right here. I, it's, it's very good. This, this is, is the what shifters should do. Like, yeah, this is the best supervillain plan we've seen yet. Like Magneto was literally just knocking over cans of chemicals. At a chemical plant, <laughs> like, right? Like uh, no, no, no kind of forethought into this. And again, I'm super impressed by this because when Morph walked in there, he didn't know Rogue was going to go take a nap. He didn't know that Jubilee was going to get mad for not having enough responsibility. And I, I mean, apparently he knew about Gambit's sexual proclivities, but I mean, at well, that point, I like I'm pretty sure like that he's, he's got a blog he, talking about he's, that. Yeah, so. he's, he's been on certain message boards at certain times. Yeah. The um. But yeah, it, it's it's awesome, and th- these uh these kind of episodes where one person on the team what is uh, secretly evil or mind controlled or shapeshifter or something like this are kind of a trope, um you know on on certain in cartoons. Uh, I remember seeing this a lot when I was younger, but I always they're always effective uh, for me, and they always stress me out in, like a real serious <laughs> way. Like this stresses me out. Like no guys, no, it's, it's really morph. <laughs> like I, I really I, I don't like it when characters. Um like keep obvious secrets with each other from each oh, other. Oh yeah. Like that, yeah. that, that oh, like kind of stuff really bothers Santa me and like shape shifting. Tell John me. that, yeah, you know, the, the, the river, the riverlands, the, the knights are coming. Knights of the veil are on their way. God damn it. Yeah. Tell him yeah. <laughs> this is not hard. Fucking, hey, this is um, stupid. So after, after storm collapses and is put into the ambulance, um, the 
the, the view zooms out and once again we're watching a tv and um where we see mr sinister for the first time who kind of just vaguely we- waves his hand and i guess he's got like a logitech harmony in there that he just <laughs> shut the tv off with and then um like then we see like him and man mr sinister has a great design in this like with the weird teeth and the red ruby on his forehead and the, the white skin and like the crazy things behind him like on his outfit like all of this is super good and super bad at the same time i, I really it's dig a- it Amazing that they managed to make uh, all of these goofy villains like Mister Mister Sinister, uh, Apocalypse. The cartoon manages to make them like threatening. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Mister Sinister, who like is is a lipstick wearing like sharp tooth, you know, super dandy. <laughs> like who goes whose name is Mister Sinister? <laughs> like <laughs> who introduces himself as my name is Sinister, Mister Sinister. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Ridiculous. Like. Uh, it is, you know, it, it makes no sense, um, but they still managed to make him like pretty badass and cool in the cartoon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, um, just the, this was his plan. His plan fucking kicked ass. Um, so we we get to this new outro, which is no longer the weird action figure versions. Yeah, I just apparently. wanted to mention that for completionist sake. Like, we don't get yeah. that cool like CGI lawnmower man CGI stuff. So it's just like scenes from the. It, uh, you know what this reminds me of? This is the letdown that I had when I uh, went to Doctor Strange recently, and the the mm-hmm. new Marvel Studios logo doesn't do the cool comic book thing anymore. It's just clips oh, from the previous movies, and it's garbage. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen yeah. Doctor Strange yet. So, um, so then we move on to the second part of this uh, this two part opener. XM two hundred two till death do us comma part two. <laughs> uh, original air date October thirtieth, nineteen ninety three. Mr. Sinister and the Nasty Boys. And if you're going, wait, wait, what? Uh, we yeah. will get to that. Like my friend, <laughs> we will get to the Nasty Boys. Uh, kidnap Cyclops and Jean Grey while the X Men battle Morph at the mansion. After finally defeating Morph, the X Men arrive to Sinister's island and must fight the Nasty Boys in order to free Cyclops and Jean. And this is this is one of my single favorite episodes of the show, just because. Because of the Nasty Boys here. Yeah, the Nasty Boys are some of the best character work and voice acting combinations that we've seen in the show yet. And it's just superb. And, oh my god, I love, I love, let's, let's go in order. Let's go in order. Let's Can I, before we, before we get to the, just real quick while we're on Nasty Boys, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the Wikipedia entry for the Nasty Boys uh, contains yep. this sentence. Uh, self-proclaimed Nasty Boy slab-based X-Factor member Strong Guy. <laughs> Before the full team appeared, self-proclaimed nasty boy, self-proclaimed. Like, did he just <laughs> did he just put it as like a? I don't know. Like, did he put it as, as like his Twitter name for the week or what? what is he oh my doing? god! This is this is and just the fact that these guys are under Mister Sinister and stuff like the, the everything about the nasty boys is is my my aesthetic. So since um, since we're doing uh pulled from the Wikipedia page on nasty boys, if you're if you're still on that page, uh, look around and see that it's. They they very specifically say that it's nasty boys with an S, not nasty boys with a Z. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like which uh, like what what amazing restraint you had, Chris Claremont. Um, great great job. Seriously. Yeah. Anywho. Um. Yeah. So uh, we start with uh, Psych and Gene on their boat. Um. And they're just like literally just like saying romantic one liners. Like Gene is like uh, Scott says like there's no one around for miles. And Gene's like, "Oh, Scott, I've never been this happy before!" And like falls in his arms and shit. Like they they are super super in love, just in a, in a boat in the middle of nowhere is their idea of perfect honeymoon. And I love I just have to bring it up. Like I love it when the X Men get to wear civilian clothes, and when mm-hmm. Cyclops goes full suburban white boy <laughs> boat. I love it. <laughs> He's got like the baggy sweater, but with the shorts. Oh, it's so yeah. good. 
it's 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 very good. Uh, yeah, camp camp psych. Um, more uh, beast is still in the danger room, flipping, uh, flipping around, dealing with dealing with these things shooting at him, um, which is a long time. That he's yeah, like here. we spend a long time with beast flipping around, so and we're not going to spend much time with it on the show because that's all you need to know. Yeah, he flips around a lot, um, but then uh, Morph goes out to meet Mister Sinister at the gates of the mansion to like let him in. And uh, and Morph is like, one of my friends, what are you doing? And and Mister Sinister is like using his mind control, hypnoto, you know, hypnosis, like just kind of manipulation of him. Like, uh, you know, it, it really looks like he has mind control powers in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really does in the comics. I think what's happening is just he's just say keep saying like hey they wouldn't have left you behind well we we find out later that it's not specifically mind control that like there's something implanted in morse brain that yeah that he's he's using so like it's not quite mind control but it's definitely some like super villain like i'm gonna put this shit in your brain and it's definitely not gonna affect any of your motor functions because i'm really qualified yeah Yeah. um so yeah we see him like getting morph back on uh to try to kill the x-men um and like morph does that whole thing again where he's like they're my friends wolverine and turns into wolverine storm and turns into storm like <laughs> yeah. still like again like nobody's laughing Morph. <laughs> stop um we go back to to boat gene and boat psych and uh they're again bragging that there's nobody around and then as soon as they say there's nobody around we we hear like ahoy a- on the sailboat <laughs> you in the boat <laughs> this is i mean it it sounds like before anybody calls Jeremy out for doing a, a, a gay voice during this. The nasty boys are very flamboyant. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I'll, I'll cut it in probably over my little YouTube my, like, my little yeah. thing right there. And it's very like, it's out there. It's hilarious. Like the fact that they, they essentially work for like the, the super villain equivalent of Tim Curry in uh, Rocky horror. Yep. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> accurate. <laughs> these, uh, these, like everything about the nasty boys is, is fantastic. Um, so they're going to this uninhabitable island for their honeymoon. Which, they're just like, let's let's honeymoon at Sinister Island. I don't know uh, where. I mean, we, again, we've both been married. I don't know where you took your honeymoon. I went to Italy because it's awesome. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, it, you, it was great. Just go to a city with restaurants and, and, and booze. Yeah. Um, and then this guy starts jumping from rock to rock. And this is our introduction to Ruckus. And this guy's outfit. Dude. Like, it's <laughs> so it's so amazing. God, do I love Ruckus. Ruckus. And he's like, you know, I have a message for you. And Cyclops is just like, I, this guy is dressed like a supervillain Cyclops. Like, I understand you think that he might just be handing you like a new wave mixtape, but your life should teach you something. He is going to hurt you. And, uh, you know, Cyclops yells, so go ahead. And, uh, Ruckus, uh, screams and destroys their boat, like capsizes their boat. Um, Cyclops, I'm really disappointed in you. You were literally the original X-Man. Like, you were the first X-Man. I'm assuming that you spend time, like, looking at supervillain dossiers. Like, you should have recognized what is happening. You should have never said, go ahead with your message. Just blast the dude. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not on your, your, your ham radio at home. Like, you <laughs> don't have to, like, you don't have to do your It's the equivalent of uh, somebody texting you with a green bubble. They don't have an iPhone. You don't need to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... The, the this this entire podcast is going to be like you know years of us just going learn get <laughs> <laughs> the X Men. Um, so so pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, Ruckus is my aesthetic. I love Ruckus. Uh, Did, um, and then, can, can we talk about this this Ruckus clip? Because I've I've read oh, yeah. the Wikipedia article on the Nasty Boys. By the way, I, I just spent a lot of time on it, and um, this particular line of. 
specifically ca- talking about Ruckus, where he uh, once hit a grocery store, severely wounded the store clerk, and blasted his way through police just to get some free beer. <laughs> like, go Ruckus. Go Ruckus. You're, you're my man. This guy knows how to party. He you're also, the way his school. power works in the, uh, in, the co- in the cartoon, he just kind of yells really loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the comics, he gathers sound from away from him and can like amplify it. So he is like a one-man party. Like He shows up with the free beer, and he just stands next to your acoustic guitar and like amplifies it out of his mouth like he has a human amplifier <laughs> he's like, like he's, he, he's a guy that you want in your band like to be, he, he's like an instrument you play in your band but not in your mm-hmm. band at all exactly exactly yeah exactly um so then they're attacked by by the rest of the the nasty boys uh showing up who's the the first one here you have it as the guy with the longest eyelashes i don't know who you're quite referring to though i think it's the i think it's strong guy and not strong guy but like they're oh it's, they're slab Slab, thank you. Yeah, the self-proclaimed uh, nasty boy Slab. Yeah, so the, the guy who like puts that shit out there on his resume, um, he just really does. Like his eyelashes were very distracting. To me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, he has no. He's bald, but they just give him these huge. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, huge, uh, huge eyelashes for some reason. And then uh, hairbag he with the rest of them. shows up with uh, this horrible Jamaican Rasta patois that. Oh man! That's, yeah, hair, hair bag makes no sense. And when the actual—I mean, it doesn't happen yet. When the X Men show up, they keep guessing their uh, their their nicknames. <laughs> no, like so it—it's—it's it's real, real ridiculous. Um, so then, uh, you know, Sinister shows up, uh, knocks out Jean Grey, um, and they're they're putting collars on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gorgeous George is the one who puts the collars on him, who is like a big tar uh, creature. Uh, with an Australian accent, because this is just a collection of fun accents. Why not? You, there's lots of things you can say about Mr. Sinister as far as it being a villain, but at the very least, he's multicultural as fuck. Yeah, he's international. He's the international supervillain. <laughs> but between between this and the Marauders, like he is very, you know, very into people from all cultures. Uh, and so, gorgeous George, uh, the the tar creature with the trench coat, um, stretches out and he's like, "These are out of fashion in Genosha," and and you know, p- puts the collar on Cyclops. So they they no longer have their powers. Yeah. Um. Well, shit. And this is where he introduces himself. My name is Sinister, Mr. Sinister. And then we go back to uh, Rogue and Beast hanging out. And um, they do what any normal friends would do when, when their friend gets you know, shot by a high-energy laser and gets taken to the hospital. They climb up the wall, break into the window, <laughs> and then read her medical report without a permission. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, um, and I, I love this because Beast reads the medical report and like just tells Rogue, like, oh, she's going to be fine. She just needs to have some time like that's his professional fucking diagnosis <laughs> thanks mccoy he's, he he doesn't know how to read and he's guessing that like, he learned all his poetry from books on tapes like if i if i saw anybody in a coma and picked up their medical chart i could tell you that they just need time like if there was something they needed they would have fucking done it McCoy. Yeah. um but they're they're the important thing here is that they're like arguing and it's like yeah. hey you said you were gonna show up and he's like i do not know what you mean uh, you know, so they're kind of going back and forth and then they, they get out of there because the cops are showing up. Like they're not even getting really a second to breathe, you know, and kind of take stock, which is like the, always the big plot hole in these imposter kind of mind control situations. Like, why is no one fucking talking to each other? Yep. And the cartoon for, you know, to give it credit is like the characters are talking to each other, but they're not having time to sit down and figure it out just yet because things are just moving way too quick. At this point, we go to, um, and this is where, where the place I mentioned earlier, which is like a film mart or film market or yeah. something, and uh, where the Friends of Humanity have rented it out, like much like you can do to your local theaters, I'm sure, <laughs> to give a presentation. And yeah, in this a, case, a, the presentation a is to presentation. Yeah, yeah. execute a mutant. <laughs> like, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> pretty, you know, pretty dark. And Jubilee has a pretty good sense of humor about this whole thing uh, for, for some, some reason I don't quite understand. But, uh, you know, 
they bring her out um and she's like what did we ever do to you and th- this line right away sticks my head where creed goes like you were born creed's uh creed's little speech here is really good too like he's kind of got like a baptist preacher flow going like yeah. where he's, he's really working the crowd up like i, I feel like that he is he has had some experience working a crowd up to kill somebody before like this isn't his first rodeo no no he was just a regular racist before mutants came along. <laughs> yeah, so, he just he just hated black people. That's and then he's Reed just does. like bingo. Yeah. <laughs> can you if there man, can you imagine the field day that shitty white supremacists would have right now if mutants showed up? Like it'd just yes. be like Christmas and, and their birthday all in in the same moment. It would be like uh you know what, let's, let's I was gonna say it'd be like November eighth, two twenty sixteen. It is uh yeah. It's raw. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a wound that has not healed. Um, yeah. Wolverine shows up because Wolverine, the last time we saw him, uh, like he was all angrily leaving despite Storm asking him to stay, which is the third or fourth time that's happened. Uh, but yeah. he's been tracking Jubilee. He very quickly like knocks out all of these people and like they leave out of a window. Um, and he talks about like sniffing bubblegum to find her, which makes me think that Jubilee has just been... A spitting out bubble gum, bubble gum, and B putting more bubble gum in her mouth, like leaving it like it's fucking breadcrumbs. <laughs> it just is like like they they just let her have it. Yeah, sure, why not? I mean, it's, it's either that or listen to her talk, right, right, fellas. <laughs> um, they get back to the mansion. Uh, Gambit wakes up, and they're they're like, uh, you know, they're still fighting. Everyone's you know everything's going apart. This is where Gambit says like, "You told Gambit a little kiss won't hurt," and 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 she of course says, "No, you didn't. You snuck a kiss and got what's coming to you." And then Gambit says, Gambit don't never go where he no invited, um, which is categorical. Categorically untrue. Yeah. Uh, Gambit, who has, I think I, I, I've been debating whether to say it because it's fucking gross, but I texted you this after this. I was like, oh, Gambit, who has definitely fingered a girl while she's sleeping. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah, there's, yep. there's literally no way that mm-hmm. hasn't happened before in his life. Thank God um, Gambit didn't grow up in an era where uh, we had, all had phones and, or, like, camera phones and video phones in our pocket. Because you know, like, he would be that guy. Like, he'd the be one in that's jail. Like, yeah. No, he would definitely like, be in jail. Gambit should like, be in jail. <laughs> yeah, like, out of all the terrorists that we root for in this show, like... By far. Um, so, like, Gambit, definitely the person who goes, uh, even though that does, does he become a vampire at some point? Because that could be, like, a foreshadowing thing. I feel like he might be on the van. I know he turns into the horseman death. But, anywho, yeah. uh, Xavier shows up. I think Jubilee runs into this. This either happens in this episode or last episode. But Jubilee's, like, token spot on the team to tell everybody the TV's on. <laughs> to, like, run <laughs> yeah. in a room where everyone's fighting and be like, hey, guys, the TV. We remember from season one when she walked in and was like, hey, guys, guess who wants to talk to us? Like, that's her only purpose on the X. That's her mutant powers announcing things that the X-Men need to hear. Um, it's, it's something similar to that happens in these episodes, which is really good. Um, yeah, Xavier shows up and is like, I have detected there's a mutant with a neurotransmitter or neurodisruptor that's causing us all to feel weird. And at that point, Wolverine walks which, in with Jubilee and... Real yeah, quick before like that's discredited, like that's super plausible. Absolutely. Like, how yeah. smart is that? Like Morph, you are way smarter than I ever gave you credit for. If if Morph had just spent ten minutes like throwing on some impressive Xavier's aftershave and like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um yeah. but of course Wolverine walks in and immediately smells that it's actually Morph and starts freaking out. There's a scuffle. Uh Wolverine knocks over Xavier slash Morph's um floating ridiculous have we talked about how ridiculous his chair is by the way <laughs> his floating chair like it just his doesn't it's chair. huge like it's it's yeah. way bigger than an actual uh wheelchair like it's he can must be go harder to, go, to get around every time he goes to like a place that he has to go around to the back of the dock entrance and come in through the <laughs> storeroom 
like, like, yes. Like, Which makes it even funnier uh, that every time he gives it like a speech to Congress, like he has to go around the yeah. servants' interests or whatever. Yeah, just, <laughs> just lower him from the ceiling. Um, um, so there's a scuffle. Wolverine knocks him over. Uh, Xavier slash Morph says, uh, you know, kill him or something. And Gambit's like, oh, I've never heard. I never heard Xavier talk that way before. And uh, yeah. throws it like charges up a card and throws it at him. And of course, Morph like jumps up and like runs away, proving that he's not Xavier. But then also the card fizzles out, which doesn't make any sense with what we know about Gambit's powers, which is, I mean, it works fine in the scene, but like, how does, does Gambit control it? We've seen him do, do like a, like a a small charge before. Mm. I feel like we've maybe seen this before. Okay. Well, I'll I'll let it go. Um, I'm not not too worried about it. Regardless of which, uh, you know, Morph gets to make the like, guess what? I'm cured joke, which like whenever (laughs) anybody gets revealed to be impersonating (laughs) Professor Xavier, that's my favorite thing they can do. It's legitimately like a really funny, quick-witted thing to do. And Morph dances around like uh, Toad does from the first X-Men movie. (laughs) He's just doing a little jig. He's like, I can, not only can I walk, y'all, I can dance. (laughs) And I can sing. So so he gets into a fight with Wolverine and Jubilee literally does says which one do I shoot? Like just like that fucking movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it, I mean like this the next few episodes this season has a lot of refer- well, I guess it's the opposite but like X-Men 1 has a lot of references to things that happen in this cartoon. It's kind yeah. of funny. Um but yeah, he uh Morph throws a plasma grenade down, distracts him, runs to the jet. Wolverine and Jubilee show up in the jet which does not make any sense to me at all, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um Wolverine does this thing where he's trying to convince Morph that Cyclops did the right thing, leaving him behind, and then, like at the same time beating his ass, which I think is yeah, <laughs> it's like the loving. You may look thing. like me, but you can't fight like me. I think he says yeah, um, but that could come later too. But he says something like that, and then uh, yeah, Jubilee does her like thing where like she shoots the wrong one, and then Morph gets away on the uh, Blackbird. And Wolverine, like, tries to chase the jet, which yeah, I guess he doesn't have a clear understanding of his own mutant powers at oh, that jets. point. jets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we go back to, uh, to Mr. Sinister revealing his plan uh, to them. And apparently uh, Cyclops and Jean are the perfect, um, you know, genetic specimens. They're going to have a baby that is, like, the world's most powerful mutant. Uh, this is all ridiculous. It's all exactly canon. Yep. Like, this is all, like... Uh, Mr. Sinister raised Cyclops in like an orphanage because he has like super perfect, you know, mega DNA. Um, they went back in time and found him in the 1800s and shit. Like this is all canon. It's really ridiculous if you were just getting exposed to this one little bit. And I'm not saying it's a good story, but legitimately this is Mr. Sinister's motivation yep. is to, to make Jean Grey and Cyclops have sex to make cable. So, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's a plan. Yeah. Like it's yeah. really sad that Morph's plan is makes more sense to me than Nathaniel, than uh than Mister Sinister's does. Like all Morph is looking for is revenge. Like he just wants to kill these dudes and to cause as much chaos as possible. Mister Sinister just wanting Scott Summers and Jean Grey to fuck is really weird. Like and just, they were on their honeymoon, dog. Yeah, like you, you could have probably just, just chilled waited. out. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like this, you were already winning this, this battle. Like just wait for her to have a baby. They're married. Like. Why replace their priest and put their marriage into doubt? Like, let them get legit married. They're gonna, they're gonna bone down and have a baby, man. I'm like, just, just gonna it, say this: like, I don't have a supervillain handbook, but I bet if they had like a series of supervillain acts rated by difficulty, making two people have sex and have a baby is probably like a ten. <laughs> Stealing a baby is probably like a two. Yeah, <laughs> he's just, you know, he's playing on hard yeah. mode, and I don't, I don't really it, get that. 
Yeah, he's um, it's, it's pretty confusing. Um, but during this, he does like the weirdest thing possible, which is like using some weird power thing. He makes a tentacle come out out of the floor, and the tentacle has a weird like saliv- salivating mouth on it. He walks over to Scott and like out. At, we don't see it happen, but it's very clear that he's put this on Scott's body somewhere. I'm assuming his junk, right? It's got to be his junk. Yeah, yeah he's got to get his. He's got to get his, his his cummies. Yeah, like uh, he's... please never say the word cummies again. <laughs> Cole started it. I, I, I know people keep blaming me for that, but it was him. I asked, um, I asked Cole not to say that again. <laughs> um, and then comes back with a crystal, and boy, that had to hurt. Right, (laughs) exactly. Like urinary crystals are intense, and also it's um, orange, which tells me that like maybe his medical insurance hasn't been really working for him lately. You got to get that checked out. The one thing I like about this a lot, though, is that like Mister Sinister's powers are creepier and more organic and like just unnerving than any you know any of their major villains we've seen so far. Like his powers are ill-defined, just like apocalypses are. Mm -hmm. But this is legitimately like pretty gross and creepy and weird. You know, this, this is, whole biofort he has is like awesome. Yeah, it's super like it, it's it's like you mentioned this earlier. But it's very threatening. Like I don't I wouldn't want to be in the situation that Cyclops and mm. Jean Grey are in right now. Like just don't. It's scary. Like to be strapped up while this dude with basically fangs like is like yeah putting these weird tentacles on your junk. Like that's not a great situation for anybody. Like that's anything yeah. he's gonna do is no good. Like I, and this is you know Mister Sinister is a really good X Men villain for you know for this reason mm-hmm. I think. Um, so uh. You know, we get this other flashback of Morph just kind of putting him, uh, you know, rescuing him and then putting this weird little bug. He has these little bio powers into his head to control him. Oh, we're not, we're not quite there yet. I don't think. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, um, um, so from here we see, we, we go back to storm in the hospital. Oh, and you're right. Jubilee yeah, waking sorry. her. She's awake and Jubilee's telling her about Morph. Then Morph shows up on the Island at this point. At this point, it's, it's pretty confusing. Like, Morph's mental state is not great. Like, I don't think that he realized he's working for Mr. Sinister. His only goal here is to murder Cyclops before leaving him behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. He finds like, Mr. Sinister has taken a breather. <laughs> like he, he's gone to play pool. <laughs> yeah. He's not in his, in his weird lab anymore. Uh, yeah. But he rolls up on Scott and Jean all, all, you know, basically like strapped down and, and Scott is overjoyed to see Morph. He's like, Oh my God, you're alive. And you know, and Morph makes a joke about like, Oh, you're, you know, you just got married and then turns into the priest and is like, <laughs> yeah. or did you? <laughs> <laughs> what a sucker punch. Oh Man. my God, you're alive. Oh my God, you're not actually married. Bam. The, so the, like, the Again, be, like, they're super, they, super awesome supervillain move. Like Morph yeah. is killing it right now. Yeah, Morph, this is making you, this. if he wasn't, it didn't have such a fucking obnoxious voice and a predilection for early 90s SNL, this would this would make him a <laughs> great, great ex-villain. I'm just um, a caveman X-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I am confused. <laughs> um, so, so this is where we we find out uh, about the bug that he puts in his head. Yeah, uh, my bad. Um, and the X Men finally finally show up. You know, uh, they're just like, oh shit! Like we should go check in on Scott and Jean. Uh, Morph is here. You know, that's what he wants revenge on. Uh, Wolverine's like, no, we're we're going. We're gonna go get Morph. Um, they get there. The X Men like blow up the side of the lab from the outside, and we're in like a big fight. Yep. Uh, between and the X Men and the Nasty Boys. This picture you got here, man. Talk about fucking squad goals, dude. Like, <laughs> tag, tag yourself, Gary. Yourself. Tag yourself. Like, like seven Mary three. Uh, <laughs> like, airbag. Uh, I would definitely gorgeous seven uh, gorgeous George. I'm gonna call that right now. Yeah, yeah, and and you'd have to marry Ruckus because fucking hairbag is not getting married. No, and he. I will Hairbag's name boy. is hairbag. I mean, like, do you want to? Marry her? 
I'm now pronouncing Mr. and Mrs. Hairbag? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> he's also could be like inconsistent height bag. Because here in this picture, he's like three feet tall. Uh, this is part of the animation of the show. But every yeah. once in a while, he's like – he's kind of presented as like a big strong guy. Like he's kind of just like slab uh, except with poison breath. Poison breath. Um, I'm just yeah. – I'm picturing oh Hairbag like on the phone with AT&T like trying to sign up for service. And he's like, what's your name? It's like, oh, it's Hairbags. Like can you hair spell bag. that? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> sure <can't. laughs> like, like literally cannot. Um <laughs> Um, so yeah. yeah, slab there's, this fight goes on for a little while. It's, it's pretty fun. Like all of the characters get to use their powers. Um, the hairbag goes after Wolverine, uh, storm mm-hmm. goes after slab slab, uh, gets knocked over to Wolverine. Wolverine makes a joke about, you know, two on one being more of an even fight hairbag, like poisons Wolverine <laughs> with his yeah, breath. He's got, po- he's got super breath, super breath. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it that. Um, um. And then, like, there's a whole mix of stuff that happens. Like, I, I've got a, a brief thing, but it was <laughs> – I just saw that Beast quotes Alfred Tennyson at the end of this. I'm <laughs> yeah, just so Tennyson. aggravated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is also where Wolverine guesses Hairbag's name. He's like, oh, yeah. like, what do you want to do about it, Hairbag? And he's like, Hairbag, yeah, I'll do you guess my name. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> like – well, you can. You're a supervillain. You can make up whatever you want. Like Why this guy over here calls himself bag? Gorgeous George. Why would you call yourself Hairbag? At least be like, like Sexy Pete. Sure, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Sexy Pete is okay. Oh man, yeah. <clears throat> they all make sense except for you, Hairbag. Harry Larry, right? Yeah, like, he's also dressed up like a weird little miniature Magneto. He's like a bootleg Magneto in his outfit. He's got his, like his color scheme and stuff. So like looking at this and then this picture will definitely be either in the show notes or like on our Twitter when this, when this goes out. But like looking at this picture, those are like speedos, right? Like he's furry and he just pulled these speedos up over his fur. So, you know, like some of that fur under there is like chafing and pulling. Like it yeah. cannot be comfortable. Like, man, no, no, no. But, so, but these so guys are great. this is a good fight. Yeah. I like this fight quite a bit. Um, and they, they wouldn't, uh, you know, so the nasty boys get taken out cause they're still just the nasty boys. They're not going to match the X-Men. Um, and then the sinister starts fucking up the X-Men and he's awesome. Like they can't do anything to him. He's got, he's kind of like liquid made of like this liquid stuff. They can't win, uh, until eventually, uh, Scott convinces morph to, to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, uh, knocks out just real quick Cyclops before, like, before we get into this, like when sinister starts attacking the X-Men, Scott starts trying to convince Morph to help. There's a scene where in the background, Sinister is just holding up two hands and just shooting beams at the X-Men. Just like in the background. <laughs> He's not moving. He literally just has like all of his feet, just holding his fingers up like, ah, and like shooting lasers. Beams. <laughs> uh, I mean, we yeah. said it before, like, you know, if, if you like beams, you will like this show. Absolutely. Um, the, um, so he, he zaps a thing on his, uh, his, his belt, which gives Cyclops control of his powers again. Um, and Cyclops fucking goes into rage mode. Yeah. Um, this, this is, is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cyclops is pissed. You have fucked with that dude's marriage. And that is apparently the one thing you don't fuck with Scott Summers on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or his friends or anything. And he goes, and gives his little speech and he starts zapping sinister and his beams actually will hurt sinister mm-hmm. because of their, their weird connection or what have you. Proving that, um, Mr. Sinister is not a Summers brother because <laughs> the that doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. Um, he's like a Summers cousin. Um, but yeah, th- this is, this is pretty great. And, uh, Sinister eventually retreats. It's like the one thing he didn't expect to happen, yeah. you know? And, and this is like, as far as supervillain planning, this is great planning. Like the whole thing, like 
let's get uh, Cyclops alone so I can pit the entirety of the Nasty Boys against him. All I have to do is get this collar on him, and then I win. Because this is the one thing. If he can shoot beams, I'm fucked. If I if he can't, I'm good. And, and he still uh, has the cummy crystal. So, like, mission oh, totally. accomplished. Like, yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so so they uh, they get around, and, and Cyclops is super pissed about this whole thing. Because he thought, you know, like, one, like... Of course he's pissed. I would be pissed. Mm-hmm. Like, let me have one fucking day. It was my wedding, you assholes. Um, and Wolver- like Morph is just like, I got to get out of here. They're you know trying to say like you you know you have a place. And Morph is like, uh, you nope. know, I have to, I have to leave. I have to get you know better. You know, eventually. And everyone's understanding except for Wolverine. Everyone just like Morph has. To- he's going through some shit, buddy. Like, you know, let him let him fix himself. He's got he's still got that bug in his head. Uh, but Wolverine doesn't allow it because he's my friend. He's the only one that can make me laugh. And we've been what a burned all the rest of your friends, man. Seriously, like you're still teammates with these guys. <laughs> Were you pretending every single time I fucking pulled your claw, dude? Probably, like, and, probably, you know. absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'll, what, real quick, there's a moment where um, like Scott is making his big speech about like I'm gonna go after him. I'm gonna, you know, he's he's not met the last of me. And Jean's like, don't worry about it, baby. It's cool. And he's like, well, we're not even married. And she's like, uh. Oh, it's no problem. You know, we're basically married in our hearts, and we can always get married someday. Like, yeah. is it like, off? tomorrow? <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, go, you do the ceremony. Go down to the courthouse. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the Justice of the Peace and get this shit done, Jean Grey. What are you waiting on? Like, yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. Absolutely. Ridiculous. Um, um, and at the end of this, we see Xavier and Magneto, who have finally met up. And um, there's this, you know, shapeshifter confusion where Xavier is like, well, you've never lied to me before, Eric. And Eric's like, wait, man, you told me to be here. And then Avalanche, and they're buried in snow. Yep. One yep. thing I and like we're, about we're this. Get to that. Yeah. One thing I like about this season is because um, I watched, I got bored last night and just watched like all of the seasons. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of caught up on it. Um, these, this Magneto and Xavier thing will kind of bookend each episode for the next six or seven episodes. Like it's a running plot line. Xavier is not a part of the team. They don't know where he is. They're doing a really terrible job looking for him, but he's off in like wherever he's at, which we'll find out here in a bit. Um, like doing stuff with Magneto. And I think that's a really cool, like the comics do that a lot and pulling that kind of like narrative structure from the comics. Like subplotting. Really mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with looking for morph. Like that becomes kind of a subplot for, you know, for the, for a few episodes too. And they do it. They, they handle it really well. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is a great season opener. Like, I think this is, you know, as good or better than night of the Sentinels. Like it wouldn't have worked as a, as a series opener, but knowing all the characters and stuff like this is super, super good. Like nice. As we ended on such, such a high note, you know, there's there's little hints of darkness in the end of the first season, but we ended on this kind of the real victory, and this is a really good like introducing insecurity back into the picture. Yep, and also so. like coming out of the gate with this villain, like you know, bringing Morph back, having Mister Sinister being like this is all really really good. I, I love all of this. This week's character study that we're going to focus on is actually Mr. Sinister himself, a.k.a. Nathaniel Essex. And um, Gary, I'm going to be real honest with you. I couldn't really remember much about Mr. Sinister from the comic books. (laughs) So I went to marvel.wikia.com and Mm. uh, holy shit, (laughs) this is... This is a never-ending Wikipedia page. <laughs> this just he, goes. He's a longtime villain who eventually kind of struggles under the weight of uh, his, 
like them continually having to like kind of force him into new plots and do things like he started out fairly simple, you know, and also I feel like he started out not having like a real point. Like he was like a name. I think that's in Canon. Like he was just a name of the person who organized the Marauders. Uh, the Marauders are the team that went down and, and slayed all the Morlocks and, and fucked up angels wings, all these things, uh, you know, and that was, that was Mr. Sinister. Um, eventually they tied him into the summers thing and it just kind of kept getting more and more complicated to the point of incomprehensibility. Um, so much so that like, right when I stopped reading comics is when Mrs. Sinister started showing up. Like, <laughs> oh man. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's like, the way you make a character. <laughs> yeah. Well that, there was a, there was a real period where that was happening. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would come making jokes about, uh, girl actus and then there was a girl actus. So like, um, and, it, and again, this is not me being the, you know, why is there a girl Thor? Like this, this feels more arbitrary than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lady Hawkeye, a new character taking the mold of the old character is one thing, but this was just when they were literally just gender swapping, like every character for no particular reason. Like, I don't know what, what I don't, I really feel like Mrs. Sinister is not a win for feminism. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think that's like doing much. Um, Real quick, some of his uh, can we can we cover some of his aliases that he's had throughout the years? Oh, I think some of those absolutely. are great, um, yeah. including like they go from just like bog standard Nathan Milbury, uh-huh. Arnold Bachlin, to sure. Pale Man, Nosferatu, <laughs> White <Yeah>. Devil. <laughs> he's he's a, he's a real like Nyarlathotep figure, like in, in his power set and where he his kind of the place he takes in this thing. And I really wish that comics. In general, but X-Men comics specifically had the courage to like allow things to be unexplained. Yep. Because if he, you know, like comics hate a mystery because they can, they can set them up and then revealing them makes them a lot of money. So no matter how shitty of a comic Wolverine Origins was, revealing that made them tons of money, you know, because they can hype it. Um, If this guy was just literally like this mover and shaker behind the scenes, like we knew his motivation, but he was this kind of other dimensional thing. You know, which is what his power is like. He, there's a lot of Lovecraft shit in this thing. Like, if you look at uh, his picture on that Marvel wiki, wiki, he's on a HR Geeker sex throne. <laughs> like, he's surrounded <laughs> by fucking tentacles. Like, he is he is very much like an outsider kind of presence. And they could have really leaned into that. Mm-hmm. You know, the the uh, Adventures of Cyclops and Jean Grey. Like, I think are the, is the first comic where they go back to the 1800s and deal with him. Like, Nathaniel Essex being a contemporary of Darwin yep. and stuff like that. Um, or like when he goes just... to Darwin's funeral and like makes fun of him <laughs> and yeah, like, Oh, exactly. I guess you didn't evolve and like burn. What? The dude's dead. <laughs> yeah. Back off. You're talking to his mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like, I just, I feel like that would have been a time to be like, yeah, he made it, he made contact with the fucking outside world, like the Chthonians or whatever. And like, this is this is what he's doing. Like, keep this as a as a, a intentional mystery as opposed to kind of an accidental truth that ended up being really confusing. Um, he's also a character who like they try to lean into the gray morality of him, where he's like he's you know he's the, the evil science mm-hmm. character. So the um, you know the uh, a version of him in Age of Apocalypse um, like ended up turning against Apocalypse because he doesn't want to destroy the world. He wants to advance his research, and like he is against anything that will fuck that up. Yeah, you know? he wants to turn the world uh, into a lab, basically. Like, that's his whole goal yeah. is to be able to experiment on anything and everything that he possibly can. So that works against Apocalypse's motive to bring the apocalypse. Um, yeah. Just just to back up your point that comic books maybe shouldn't explain stuff, um, this sentence, I looked at this sentence for, like, five minutes and tried to, like, 
just tear it down. And it just doesn't make any sense. And I wish that we didn't know this stuff. Like, listen to this. As Mr. Sinister, Dr. Essex was necessary for the birth of Nathan Dayspring, the Ascani son, who Madame Sanctity worshipped. Dr. Essex even went so far as to dig up his dead son and experiment on him. I don't need to know any of that. I don't need to know yeah. Nathan Dayspring, that's for sure. Well, Nathan Dayspring is, is Cable. Cable, yeah. Like oh, I know, yeah. I know. I just, like, yeah. I, I don't need to know that Cable's name is Nathan Dayspring. <laughs> I mean, he's, is he, All like, the with hanging out with Blade? origin... <laughs> Is like a Scott Lobdell nightmare. Like, I don't know if he's actually the person who wrote it, but it has his stink all over it where it's like <laughs> all about fate and like mysticism and shit. And like, if, if they just given like, it, it sucks that all these things like Sinister is the place where concepts are really cool, but the details go to die, Yep. you know, like the actual specifics of it just end up being really tedious. I can um, uh, I can guarantee you that um, I guess spoilers for the post credit sequence of Age of Apocalypse, but like we see like the excess corporation, like stealing some yeah. shit from there. And like, and I can guarantee you that that 30 second clip is going to be the best thing about Mr. Sinister. If he shows up in a movie, <laughs> I don't you need know, to see that dude like fully realized in a movie. <laughs> the fact that it's a corporation gives me a little bit of hope though. Like if they kind of take this, like I'm in a more, you know, more or less a mortal being and like lean into the power and resources that he has. And like mm-hmm. the fact that he hasn't shown up at that point, like maybe he is working behind the scenes and they're going to lean into him being kind of smart and mysterious. What if he steals so, his money? Right, like yeah, that, yeah, that's well, the kind of shit that I want to see him do. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Mainly because the, um, I don't like Xavier that much. <laughs> <laughs> I I, did, I feel like it would be uh, very awesome if like they leaned into this, like leaned into that side of him, you know. And I think that would be would be really cool. As of it's like it's not like he is irredeemable, you know. Like I, there's still good stories for it, but like I feel like they're probably not the most modern stories. Um, before we totally move on from this uh, this highlight though. Have you ever read um, the Brian K. Vaughn Ultimate X-Men run? Uh, I don't think so. I may have. It depends it, on how early in that run it was. I don't I don't remember. But I've, I've read like the first 50 or 60 issues of Ultimate X-Men. Um, it's probably in there because it is. So that started out with Mark Millar, moved on to Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then it's a, a really long uh, Brian K. Vaughn run, which is like excellent. Um, it's, it's really, really good. And his first arc is about the ultimate version of Mr. Sinister, which is fantastic. I don't know if you've. But it's just a like this this guy. He's got got mind control powers, like minor mind control powers. But he's mostly just like a really strong dude with like a bunch of tattoos, and he he worships like he's being given orders by this figure called Apocalypse. And eventually they reveal it. And spoilers for this comic from like two thousand one, but uh, they reveal it, and he's constructed this kind of golem in his bathtub of a, of Apocalypse, like of like made of of a like, costume jewelry and like you know, cloth and stuff he's put together. That's just talking to him. Like, he's just insane. Like there's no, there's no, none of this backstory. There's none of this stuff in the future. None of this Darwin shit. So he's got all the same motivations, but he's just fucking, you know, bonkers. I think I, I think I do remember that now that you're saying that, because I remember seeing that and the way he did apocalypse and thinking that it was really similar to, uh, that thing that that dude at the meat factory did in preacher. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it it's not mm. except there's like no sex element you know to it like that's that's very specifically you, a, a Gar- sure? garth ennis being a real <laughs> lowbrow but the um yeah, yeah it, it's kind of similar to that but i love that treatment of where you can get the same kind of motivation and and scariness like he still kind of peels the team apart one by one but he is you know he's just delusional he's not you know 
doesn't have like all this ridiculous yeah he's not like mint from the stars and like has a fate and yeah outside of time and all of those other like weird ass things that the x-men get garbage into. <clears throat> yeah and it also has a, a thing where he he says like professor xavier i found your one weakness stairs and just pushes him down the stairs at the end of one of the episodes <laughs> do, yes issues. yes i do and it's I like oh, very shit. specifically <laughs> like, that. like that that run is so good brian cave on before he kind of got up his own ass like is one of my favorite. Like I, he reminds me a lot of, um, God, uh, he's like an opposite version of Peter Milligan where like Peter Milligan is no good when he's working on other people's shit, but really good when he's just doing his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian K. Vaughn, I like him more when he's working on other people's stuff than I like him. Like I love Vax Machina. I love why last man, yep. the first like four trades of saga are really fun, but like, you know, that kind of like, Far-reaching, unlimited freedom. Brian K. Vaughn is not my favorite. Brian K. Vaughn. I like him to have like some restraints, and uh, that that run is really, really phenomenal. He did a really good uh, run of Mystique too, which is weird, but you wouldn't you wouldn't think so. But his uh, his Mystique run is really good. Hmm. Check him out. I know you got Marvel Unlimited. I do. Got to check it out. Got to check it out. Um, check it out. And that has been character highlight, Mister Sinister. These are the tales of the all right, so now we're. Uh, I guess we sh- we should probably have mentioned earlier, but we're covering three episodes on this episode. Um, yes, three episodes of the cartoon on this episode of the podcast, and um, we try to do four. But the way that this season shakes out with the two parters and the three parters, and the way that we kind of want to group them up, it just made sense to do three episode. The first three episodes on this, and then um, yeah, we'll let you know what's going to happen. We're, we're jumping episode. around. This yeah. episode will be long enough anyway. Like yeah. uh, I'm not too worried about it. Um, Moving on to XM203, Whatever It Takes, original air date, November 6th, 1993. The Shadow King lures Storm home to Mount Kilimanjaro by possessing her young spiritual son, Minari. Mijnari. Uh, Rogue and Storm must travel to Africa to stop Shadow King and find a way to lure him back to the astral plane. What a fucking stinker. Yeah. Like, I, I hate this episode of this cartoon. <laughs> like, this is a recipe for things I think are really boring, though, for the most part. Anytime the Shadow King is around, like I'm, I'm kind of checked out. The Shadow King is to Storm as the Savage Land is to X Men. Like. Everything, <laughs> as, as to, yeah. The Shadow King, because so the idea of this, like, like he doesn't have a body. He's like just this astral projection, you know, thing. It comes down to like it's like when Mister Sinister's motivations are weird, and mysterious. At some point in this episode, the Shadow King literally like talks about controlling the mob. Yeah. Like he just wants to do crimes. Yeah. Like, that's it. He just wants to make money. It's bullshit. Like <laughs> he lives in a dimension of thought and like the best yeah, he can come yeah. up with is like, I want to, I want to like run a bookie, bookie system. Right. Like, I just, yeah, I'm going to have a protection a racket for my infinite mindosphere. <laughs> like, fuck you, Shadow King. Oh, Shadow um, King. It's also like a storm highlight episode. And like anytime the X-Men cuts to storm's origin, I end up thinking it's pretty boring. Yep. Again, like not to be, you know, I, again, we, we, I talked a lot about how my first impression of Storm was all from the cartoon and it was pretty bad. This is a lot of that shit. Like I recognize that this is part of her origin, you know, in, in the comics and stuff, but like the actual unquestionably badass stuff that she does in the comics is not really reflected here. No. I don't think. So we start this episode oh, with um, a kid running around like the African, like, I don't know, like area, um, like chasing a yeah. soccer ball with, and playing soccer with his dudes. Uh, just a quick note. This dude is wearing a uh, jersey with the number 23 on it. So mm-hmm. either he's a real big fan of Michael Jordan from the Cubs from this area, or he's a real big fan of David Beckham playing soccer. <laughs> so, I, I, he's playing soccer, right? He's playing soccer, yeah. But it's weird to see yeah. like a kid in Africa have a Cubs jersey playing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 
did Beckham have a number? Did, did soccer people have numbers? Soccer people do have numbers. And he was, I looked it up. I was like, who, I wonder who, what famous soccer player had 23? And it, sure enough, it was David Beckham. So. Oh, that, that's definitely what this is a reference to then. Yeah. He's bending it like Beckham. He's bending it like Beckham, but in the, the yeah. red and blue of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's the bootleg Beckham. Um, but this dude, uh, like starts acting funny and his friends kind of call him on it, but he sees like this opening happen in a mountain off into the distance. And then instantly it's like, like, like a dimensional over. opening, like an yeah. opening makes it sound like the mountain's actually opening up. It's, he's seeing like a rift in reality, like there an energy, yeah. energy vagina in the sky. Energy vagina in the sky is, uh, With the diamonds. name of my REM cover band. Just want to yes. let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. EVS. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so back back at the mansion, Jean uh, detects an anomaly uh, in Africa. She's looking for Professor Xavier. Yep. So she's not just like, I happen to be scanning. You know, she's trying to find mental anomalies. She's u- specifically using Cerebro. Like, she's in the full kit. Like, in the rec room, it seems like. With Cerebro now, yep. but whatever. Uh, yeah. Storm comes in from the hospital. She's finally been released. And like the first thing Storm does and I, is just get dressed right back up in her uniform. So that's fine. I, did she ever, did she ever get out of it? Probably not. Like it was, no. Yeah. She was just like, <laughs> like, just left and it just stinks. There's it smells a, like dried blood and ugh, gross. piss. Take a bath. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jubilee makes a joke about Storm threatening to flood the cafeteria if they didn't let her go, which like Storm, like again, that's a terrorist <laughs> move, dog. Like there's there's family of people that are injured and wounded down there and yeah. you know, people that try and, anyway. It's it's so it's so frustrating because like this whole uh tension between mutants and humans is like right on front, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not the kind of joke you make if that's going on everywhere. You yeah, know, that's the like, kind of kind of joke you make if you you know want to give the friends of humanity some more power. Like that's what you're doing. Ex- right exactly. Yeah. yeah, she's gonna drown babies. Um. <laughs> so yeah, Beast assumes that this uh, rip in the psychic plane that Jean that Jean has detected is from uh, their time traveling friend Bishop, which is a, a real nice piece of foreshadowing because pretty soon we're gonna get into some real Bishop shit. So that's that's a real nice oh, yeah. thing to do. There's a well, couple moments the of idea real nice there's... foreshadowing in this episode. Foreshadowing and just there being consequences. Like, hey, the dimensions kept opening. You know, uh, maybe this actually had some effects that we didn't expect, you know, and that's, that's pretty cool. Like it happened, like be showing up here, you know, did this thing. Um, so it's not, you know, uh, storm recognizes the town where she's like, Oh no, this isn't Xavier. Uh, this is my son. Uh, what? Well, Um, she doesn't say that until we get to the town, but right now she's just like, Oh my God, that's, that's my hometown. And then we see it flashes back and then we see, uh, Mijnari? I'm really going to butcher that dude's name. Um, yeah. We see this kid get possessed like by the floating like astral mouth thing, and all of a sudden his eyes go all mutant, and he can float. And his and his yes. friends are like, I am getting out of here. We don't want to hang hey, out with you quit, anymore. quit floating. Yeah, it's stop, weird. Stop floating. Yeah. <laughs> We're playing Monopoly. Jeez. Yeah. We're playing soccer. That's cheating. Um, the uh, So we cut over to Wolverine, uh, who is looking for Morph, and he's uh, he's in Brazil sniffing him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes friends with a little monkey and a little adorable side plot that doesn't go anywhere. Nope. Just, you know, the yeah. monkey seems to really like Wolverine and like the guy that has, that's, you know, has the monkey is like, well, that never happens. And I guess try to say that like animals like Wolverine. Is that, I, I think I that's the idea. I don't know. It's, it's very weird that he, they're on like a skiff and the guy driving it is the one who has the monkey. And the guy with the skiff is just like mutants. I hate him. You know, just trying to, just just providing some background color until the monkey mutants, eventually. Hey, 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 skiff driver. What have <laughs> mutants ever done to you, dog? Like, what are, what are you worried about? They're not coming for your yeah. guns. Like, <laughs> they don't need mutants. them. Yeah, like, yeah, ridiculous. 
we go back to Africa when we see Storm and Rogue who have uh, apparently flown the entire way. Like we've talked about this in the episode where Rogue flies to um, Scotland to go to visit mm. Muir Island where she like flew up and like landed on a plane and just like hitched a ride. But this time they were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're actually, we're not going to take any of our four or five jets. We're literally just going to fly over there. Zoom. Um, yeah. The village is in, in full flames. And then Storm comes out and says like, a wall of rain to quench the flames, which just like <laughs> solidifies why I don't like Storm in this cartoon right there. It's just all in one. Um, yeah. And then like, like, how many people died while you're doing the sentence? Yeah, right. <laughs> and Rogue is like playing this thing like it's a like it's a supervillain thing. So like Rogue is like, we heard that there was a kid with an attitude problem, and we're here to give him a storm adjustment or some shit like that. And I'm like, Rogue, yeah. what are you doing? Uh, storm reveals that it, this is in fact her son. Dun, dun, dun. And there's a commercial cut, and it comes back. I was like, not really. I gave birth to him, but Storm saved his life when he was a baby by doing like the most basic CPR maneuver, which apparently yeah, doing her job. Yeah, literally doing her Cause, job. Because Storm was a midwife for some reason. Like, what a weird. Yeah. Like that, that you know really kind of in the comics she's a badass thief, you know, and like she kind of extends from that kind of badassness. Like Storm is, you know can fight, and she's you know has this kind of dark history. Here she's a midwife who eventually turns into a melodramatic like weather god. You know, and it just kind of follows that she would be a midwife here. I don't think Minish Nari, I don't think this stuff is from the comics. I could be wrong about that. The Shadow King is, but I don't think all the stuff with her son is. I don't. And it, yeah, I don't it just smacks of like a dude writer who doesn't know how to motivate a, a female character. Sure. You know, that. without like literally invoking motherhood. <laughs> He's my son. I mean, not biologically. He's not my bio son. This is a godson. I've never, you know. I've never met the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what exactly. I expected to happen. Um, where we go? Uh, so do, do, yeah, the, yeah. So Rogue like yeah. knows th- at this point, like we Rogue kind of just knows who the Shadow King is, and they they kind of invoke all this history of Xavier fighting this dude and imprisoning him and all this other stuff. And I'm like, did I miss a cartoon somewhere? Is there is there a deleted scene? Well, it it's pretty weird because it's like the idea is that the X Men had a bunch of adventures before the thing started, but the early episodes really do kind of lean into the fact that this is the X Men getting kind of getting their their feet you know mm-hmm. like they I, I feel like they're not meant to you know to be like an experienced team at this point and this is kind of like a nod that they are i feel you know? like so there's that, a, that kind there's of a deleted a scene bit. where we see like literally storm's origin like and it's just xavier and the shadow king fighting in the weird like yeah and then the fucking mindscape yeah um i kind of like i'm of two minds of this like part of me likes things that imply a richer history than there actually is um, part of me feels like it's a little bit unnecessary, you know, here, and it, it's part of why this episode feels so weird. Um, so he does, uh, the shadow King, uh, you know, then, then monologues himself and reveals like his name and stuff, uh, yeah. who he is. We switch back to morph who find, or Wolverine who finds morph tending a bar in the jungle. Yeah. Well, Cause, uh, so he just sure. goes to the Sakiki jungle bar. <laughs> Um, and this this is a fun scene where like Wolverine is trying to talk some sense into Morph and try to get him to come back to the X Mansion, and Morph is just fucking with this dude in the hardest way possible. Like, yeah, turns into Gene and is like, or maybe it's love you're missing. <laughs> when I'm with you, all I can think about is how much I'm in love with Cyclops. <laughs> Who could ever love a freak like you? No, and like just makes fun. <laughs> Wolverine she, she says, I, I'll never stop loving Cyclops, Cyclops. <laughs> not making copies <laughs> like my wife. <laughs> like, uh, uh, making the, copies. The, <laughs> uh, it's the humor that I crave. 
<laughs> that's the problem. Wolverine's is, the reason that Wolverine gets caught, caught off guard is because he really thinks all of this is funny. Like he's just laughing yeah, so much he can't like, fight anymore. Into it. Um, so, so yeah, uh, Morph runs off and Wolverine goes into a rage and like runs off into the jungle after him. Then we go back to uh, Africa where we find out Storm isn't the mom but actually helps save the baby. I kind of got ahead of myself there a little bit. Um, so Shadow King at th- this point like basically like in front possessing this child like tells storm like oh yeah i'll let him go as long as i can take your body over and storm is just like sure that doesn't seem like a problem like storm what the fuck are you doing like you don't have to be a genius to have or you don't even have to be like morally compromised to have at least a little bit of a concept of like the greater good Mm -hmm. you know like i don't think you need to be uh you know like a centrist to think like oh giving an evil mind wizard, the power to control all the weather will ultimately result in more pain and suffering than can be extended to my super fast little soccer son, you know, like the Mijnari, like taking this thing, like one of these things should be weighted more importantly, storm. The only, and the you, only you, defense here is, is if she actually knows that all of the shadow King is going to do is run a protection racket. Like if that's, yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> is it crime's going to go up? <laughs> yeah. Crime went up 7% since the shadow King took over storm's body. Okay, says Xavier. Fuck. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Rid- Call me Rid- when Magneto like, shows like, up. <laughs> why, would you do, why would you do the Storm? And Storm told Rogue not to show up. Uh, Rogue does show up uh, mm-hmm, at this course. point. Mm-hmm. Um, but Storm fights her away. Because Rogue is like actually, you know, listening to reason here, at the very least, uh, mildly. Um, but, you know, then he uh, becomes, he takes over Storm. Um, and then Storm, and then Shadow King slash Storm flies off. Then Rogue chases after him. And then um, I love this when he says that Storm, like Rogue, run flies up to him, uh, and it says, and I don't think Rogue says anything. And he's like, "Oh no, Storm is currently occupied." And I swear to God, I thought he was like, I thought he was about to say, "If you'd like to leave a message, please." <laughs> it actually <laughs> be kind of bad, thought, like but, ridiculous, like yeah, you know, because because who can I can't you know Shadow King isn't like a fun villain the way that you know Mister Sinister is. Or, or Magneto is like I, he doing something like that would at least give him a little bit of personality. I just, I mean, that's, so, that's really all uh, I'm yeah. looking for. But uh, he also makes yeah. a reference to Rogue's body being crowded, um, which is something that we talked about on the episode of uh, X Men One that the movie didn't go into. But I'm very interested to get into it in the cartoon that you know Rogue's powers comes from her you know, being a supervillain and mm-hmm. then taking you know Miss Marvel's memories and having all that bunched up. And I didn't I didn't quite realize that was going to happen so soon. I think that happens this season or at least next yeah, season. Yeah, she gets I'm she gets an origin season. Yeah. I think it's next season, but she gets an origin story. Um so Morph leads uh, Wolverine into a trap uh where he falls into a mine. Um which uh you know at this point they're still just you, you get the sense of Wolverine just thinks they're just having fun cuz he says something <laughs> like um like he said, teases Wolverine about being mad. Like you don't get mad or something like that. Or I'm in your, like, this I'm, is what I made you feel. This is what I made you do. Like I got you this mad yeah. I'm in your head. And he's like, I'm always this mad. You should see me at the post office. Cause it's like <laughs> Boom! Okay, Wolverine, nobody's joking. Like he's got a bug in his brain. This Wolverine. This is a story about PTSD and you're fucking it up. Like, like Wolverine's neck buddy. is on a swivel, just looking for Phil Hartman to pop out at any time. <laughs> I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to uh, do it. <laughs> My God. Oh yeah. It's terrible. Ugh. Um, this fight by the way is just hilarious because Morph is bragging about being inside Wolverine's head. And then as he's doing this, he's morphing to all these characters that we haven't seen, uh, or some that we haven't seen. Uh, one is Deadpool, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. One is Omega red. And then the third one is a dude that I know, like, I, I cannot remember. Maverick. this dude. Say what? 
I think it's Maverick. I think Maverick. it turns into Maverick. Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, so, like, does Morph, like, know this stuff? Because I don't even think at this point Wolverine really knows his history, right? <laughs> like, how does Wolver- how does Morph know who Deadpool and Omega Red is? Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, who cares? I have no um, so we get to. So they continue to fight, and then Morph turns into Wolverine, and then we get one of those classic things where Morph has claws. <laughs> mm-hmm. He cuts off Morph's fake claws, which, just like we said about Mystique, like, what kind of, what what bit is that? <laughs> where yeah. does that come from? Then Morph t- decides yeah. that uh, since his old friends and enemies haven't been working out, uh, let's just morph into a panther. And then <laughs> I like pan- a rhino. And then like, a what rhino. is this fight? What is this subplot? Uh, <laughs> he morphs like, into a. I hate to mention Chalice Dungeons twice, but he morphs into a Chalice Dungeon boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually into Sabretooth, and that's like, you know, I guess the final straw for some reason. And he's like, I have to get through this, whatever this is. Like, I, you can't help me through this. I have PT fucking SD. Like, you are not a counselor. Having some beers with Wolverine is not going to fix this. Yeah. You know, stop it. Uh, respect boundaries, X Men. Um, Wolverine asks him, "Can you do the making God. copies bit one more time before you leave?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, and then Morph runs off. Uh, yeah, yeah. At this point, we hey. go back to Africa, um, and we see like kind of an internal struggle between the Shadow King and Storm, and uh, this is represented in like this weird, like hallucinogenic thing and the fucking mindscape yeah. yeah the astral plane mindscape bullshit and uh like storm as a little girl is literally sitting inside uh, or on top of shadow king's hand and like they're arguing back and forth um at this point storm seizes control of her body and then starts flying into the atmosphere with the idea of flying into space and i guess killing both of them what yeah. ends up happening is she passes out and her this action causes the shadow king to be expelled so storm falls, rope catches her, and then the shadow king is like loose. He's like the demon mouth astral thing again. Yeah. At this point, we realize uh, the kid has can yeah, Mizunari. see Mizunari, Thank you. Uh, can see can still see the terror and psychic reality on the mountain. So he baits the shadow king. Like I think he literally throws a rock at him or something. Like there's some weird stuff that happens. Like rogue throws a rock at the shadow king for no reason. <laughs> Every, everyone's tossing stones at the shadow king for some reason. I, yeah. I lost track of what was going on here because it's unspeakably boring. <laughs> like the, the um, eventually like what you re- really need to know is that like the shadow King ends up in the astral plane. Uh, Mijnari like tempts him into it. And then Mijnari has to run out of the astral plane. Like he runs on this like mind platform to get out and barely makes it out in time as storm reaches into the rocks and pulls him out. Uh, they get out trapping the, the Shadow King in the astral plane. This is so fucking boring. All of this. Like, this, this, this is everything about this. Like, it, is, it was so hard for me to focus on. Like, in the best of times, like, I like this cartoon. I'm on the mm-hmm. record as liking it. In the best of times, like, it's a cartoon where, like, I take notes, I watch it, but I, like, check my phone every once in a while, you know. I usually have another window open. Uh, just because it's it's a, you know, it's not going to hold my complete attention. Also, my attention span is, like, irreparably damaged. You thank know, you, from, Twitter. From, Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, <laughs> you know, it, it is, it's 100% true. Like, it sounds like an Andy Rooney bit, but like, it's true. My brain is broken in a way that is, un, is bad. Uh, I'm looking at Twitter right now while you're talking because I kind of got bored in the middle. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I don't blame you. Like, it is, uh, so the, it's, it's very, very boring. 
Uh, and it's just, it's all these elements of like X-Men mythos. I don't like, like the astral plane, I think is boring in anything. Like it's not just X-Men. Like anytime the astral plane shows up, like get fucked, mm-hmm. um, you know, mindscape, mind battles, not into it. Um, the, uh, I will say like, the like animation that, yeah. here actually like of the mindscape, like the, the presentation here is pretty cool. Like I kind of dig what the mindscape looks like. I'm just bored by everything. He's literally, our kid is just literally running through, like that's all he's doing. He's well, just it's, running it's on like, like a I pink wanted ribbon. to see yeah. if uh, Xavier was in there, it would just be them like holding their temples and like staring at each other while like lightning bolts shot out at each other. Like, there's no real cool way to represent this stuff. No, man. And... Do you remember in the comics when Xavier goes to fight the Shadow King, he like suits up. Like, he has a whole fucking suit. Yeah, of I guess armor. he does have a mind suit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's, he's like, I'm going to be fucking Ronin. This is the this is my, this is my jam. <laughs> There, there is like a, there is, a, it's not like decking and shadow run where it's like hard to make visually interesting, you know, uh, it's the kind of thing I would prefer just to have be like hand, hand waved, but you know, I guess there's an entire villain about it. So they can't just have like, well, you know, professor Xavier concentrate for, for a little while and then just have <laughs> yeah. uh, him pass out. You know, I actually like the, the treatment of it again in that apocalypse movie where like they were in the mindscape. Uh, and it was presented as the mansion, but everything was kind of surreal and weird. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that, that, was, that think, was all right. I like that. I feel like it's a better way to do it. This is just like, yes, it's kind of like in a trapper keeper cover kind of way. Looks a little bit neat, but I just I just don't care about the stakes or anything. And like Wolverine getting morph, like I want that to happen ultimately. Um, and the actual morph storyline continues in the show and is like kind of good. Like the episode where Morph rejoins the team is actually like pretty good, if I recall. Um, but this is uh this episode is just a lot of stuff I'm just not that interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, happening. Like, I'm just not interested. Like I like my characters here. I like the fate, you know, I'm interested in the fate of them, but I just don't like what they're doing very much. Um and to cap it off, like this is where we find out that Xavier and Magneto where they're at is the Savage Land. Which Your is favorite like, X-Men I, place. <laughs> I, I fucking hate the Savage Land so much. Oh, like it's so stupid. It's and, so and boring. Then, and like I don't know why them losing their powers lets Xavier walk. Like Xavier lost his powers from getting stabbed in the spine, you know, in like the Korean War or something like that. Like he definitely did not lose his power like or lose his walking rather, his ability to walk. But he can walk for no good reason. Uh now he doesn't have his powers and every episode is gonna have like two minutes of Xavier and Magneto without powers doing dinosaur adventures. Like solving dino crimes, and they do they do something interesting with that with Xavier and the most recent movies, where like he has to kind of make a choice between walking or using his powers. I think that's really interesting. But yeah. here it just ends up being like that Wolverine movie, where literally the whole thing is just oh, Wolverine doesn't have his powers anymore. Like that's a great superhero movie. It's, it's <laughs> show pretty, me a superhero. Pretty... Show me a Superman movie where Clark Kent just writes an article for an hour and a half. Like that's <laughs> not what I'm into. It's it's pretty bland, and it's it's bland despite the fact that there are. Are, uh, like dinosaur riding savages everywhere. Like, there's so many dinosaurs in here. And how do you get this boring with this many dinosaurs? Like, it's like the Savage Land question. Also, the person who like finds them on their monitor, who ends up being the villain of this, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure is that weird little like the Savage Land mutates. It's yep. like this little little, little big headed guy who's like not very cool. So they're they're you know that's the same way we were introduced to Mister Sinister, and now you're going to do this with like Brainchild. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like. I don't need this. Oh yeah, um, this and is that, pr- that pretty much close. Well, I guess to 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 do the our due diligence, like because uh, there is a funny moment where they're they've stood up af- out of the snow, right, and like realized Magneto mm-hmm. doesn't have powers, and again Xavier can walk almost instantly. Like people flying, people and flying dinosaurs come down, and one of them picks up Magneto. Xavier reaches over, and because 
it's an X-Men cartoon. On top of the avalanche snow is just a boomerang <laughs> just hanging out. Yes. <laughs> picks up the boomerang, throws it extremely accurately, hits the rider in the head, which causes the dinosaur to let Magneto go, which makes no sense to me unless they're like somehow connected. Silent. Um, unless this is like one body wearing like a costume like this, <laughs> like like a dude's riding dinosaur costumes. Uh, Magneto falls into the river. Xavier jumps in after him. They go over a waterfall to be continued. Yeah. And we're done. Xavier, who, like, I assume I remember how to swim. Charles, I can, I can still, I can bet you I can still. Yeah, I bet I can, I bet I can still do this. And also not even talking about like just the physical ramifications of his legs being atrophied for so long because he rides around in a floating wheelchair. Like dude's got no muscle structure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, you haven't been able to walk since like, since the Korean war, the, um, and I know it's different in the cartoon. Don't at me. But the, the, so this uh, this season, at me. I think I'll take is, it. Bring it. Is, 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 uh, is this is a good like microcosm of what, the way the season works, where it's like pretty uneven. Um, I think it is good. Like the season is generally really good. The high points are better than the low points are, are higher than the low points are low. Mm-hmm. But some of the like one and done episodes in this are pretty boring. Yeah, the, we're gonna there's get an to, upcoming we're episode with Beast that is just yeah like. Oh, wow. It was just not fun to... Well, and it's also that episode, like, it feels like it, it could just write itself. Like, if you have this character, you know, this was this episode was going to come. The kind of Beast character episode. I imagine, like, writing Beast episodes is like... I know when uh, when writers get started on The Simpsons, as, like, a trial by fire, they make them do a Lisa episode. Because those are not... You know, they don't lend themselves to jokes quite as well. They're more challenging to write, mm-hmm. according to the writers. So, like, I imagine that's what, Beast, like, Beast episodes are like in the show. But our, our next trio is going to be fun. We're going to get introduced to uh, Omega Red. We're going to get introduced to Alpha oh, yeah. Flight. And then we're going to take a trip down the bayou, Gary. We're going to see yeah, some, we, we, some, some Gambit in Louisiana. I'm excited about we this get, one. <laughs> we get the Gambit Gambit origin episode, which is really fantastic, where it's got the, him just going, Teeves, Attassins, Attassins, Teeves. Oh, the accents. Like, I watched it last night, and it was just it was, it's just so good. Like, even with the dumb external stuff, which just makes no sense Man, anywhere. the externals. But, uh, like, oh, wow, God. is this stuff good. I'm, I'm in. That episode is called Externally Yours. Yes. <laughs> externally <laughs> Yours. <laughs> good night. Um, but this, this oh. is a good season for Weird Lore. And I, we were, I was looking at uh, kind of planning out the rest of it. So one, uh, season three of the show, people have asked like, hey, will this show keep going after the cartoon? We have a lot of cartoon left, guys. The uh, season three and four both have like 20 episodes in it. Oh, yeah. So and that's, that's going to get us. seasons total, if I remember right? There's, uh, there's five seasons. Five uh, seasons. Huh? And, but the, the fifth season, I think, is like 13 episodes. Or it's, like a, it's like the first two. But the third and fourth season are huge. And then there's like a crossover, the Spider-Man animated series and stuff. Like we have a lot of stuff to cover. Um, so do not worry. We will be in X-Men animated land for quite a while. And if, um, like if we, once we run out of that, if the show is still popular, there's other X-Men cartoons, there's other failed X-Men pilots. Like we have, we yeah. have some X-Men media that we can cover. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. You guys just keep, yeah. you know, downloading the show and leaving iTunes reviews and we will keep looking for bad X-Men stuff to watch yeah. and talk about on this bit, podcast. Cause we talked about, um, X-Men evolution. I'm a little bit worried about that being too good. Like if there's not like shit to make fun of, like, what do we do? Um, but maybe by then, you know, there'll be, uh, we'll just start doing, uh, Kyle XY. Sure. Uh, I'm into that. Yeah, Let's do yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out, but the, um, yeah. So thank you uh, very much for, for listening. If you like this show, uh, the best way to support it is to go to patreon.com. That's uh patreon.com forward slash duck TV and, uh, kick us a couple of bucks a month. The only reason why the show is around and coming out is because of your support. So if you would continue that, that would be awesome. Um, if you, uh, 
you know, if you're if you're able to, that's great. If you're not able to, spread the word that other people know um, about what we're doing and uh, read and review us on iTunes. That's also incredibly helpful. Yeah. Tell your mom about it. She might be into this show. I bet she yeah. likes the X-Men and you guys have never talked about it. Go, go talk to her. Call your mom. Yeah. Tell her about Days of Future cast. Yeah. <laughs> Ask her see, about see, Gambit. <laughs> Hear the story. Yeah. yeah. So, so support, uh, you know, see, see what your mom has to say about the Nasty Boys. Like she's probably got an opinion on, on Ruckus. Um, yeah. And uh, until next time, uh, is there anything else? Where can they find you on Twitter? Or where can oh, yeah. They you can find me uh, on Twitter at, uh, at G-A-R-Y-B-U-H, at Gary Buck. And I'm at J.G. Greer. And, uh, yeah, that's it for today. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Good night.